All right. Well, uh, it's um, it's looking kind of bad. We've got this uh, little mini Chernobyl thing that's um, that's happening in Ohio, uh, East Palestine. It's not that bad. Oh, oh, it's uh, what, what was it? Again? Vinyl chloride? Is that right? Yeah. So unlike something like uh, radioactive waste, uh, vinyl chloride will degrade in the environment pretty readily. Uh, like in uh, foodstuffs and, and all that well, sort it, of it, Fairly inert shit. I mean, it'll just kill a lot of the stuff it degrades within. That's all. Oh, uh, like the local fox population, for instance. Right, like all the animals that were exposed to high doses of it. Um, it's a, it's a, it's, it's the precursor to PVC plastic. Like it's, it is the, it is the monomer of PVC. Yeah, it's. Um... Um, it's so it's it's very prone, very readily prone to radical and um, and several other types of polymerization. But radical polymerization is is very uh, a very easy thing to do with uh, vinyl chloride, and so it will react readily in the environment. It'll go away. Um, it's not so incredibly toxic that a minor amount of it is going to kill you. And so that's good. But the good news is that the groundwater is probably okay. Um, some of it might reach it, but it'll probably react most of the way before it gets down to that level. The waterways that it's filled into, however, because of the geniuses that decided to uh, go ahead, try and, and get ahead of a possible boiling liquid eva- uh, expanding vapor explosions, leaves, um, they decided to do a, a planned detonation and explode the five tanker cars. A that perfectly were, good uh, idea. Right. So, so that of course, I mean, it, vinyl chloride is very flammable, by the way. So it's 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 ethylene gas with a chlorine slapped on for one of the hydrogens. It is very flammable. Um, it's 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 a little harder to boil than ethylene, but it's still very flammable, very uh, volatile. Um, so blowing it up will get rid of the vast majority of it. The problem is that it's the vast majority, not all of it. And they had five whole-ass tanker cars of it. That's a lot of vinyl chloride. Yeah. So, so um, and they're already getting, like, they're, and there was clearly already leaking from somewhere because they already had a lot of die-offs in the streams right next to there before they even blew them up. So uh, that feeds into, that's in, that feeds into the Ohio River Basin, which feeds into the Mississippi River Basin. But that's that's the water supply for like the Midwest um, that it feeds into. Now, dilution is the solution to pollution here. So, like I said, very reactive. Um, a lot of it will be gone by the time it gets down to the Mississippi River, like that, if any of it reaches it. Uh, you might get detectable quantities, but remember, we're talking analytical chemistry detectable here, parts per trillion. Um, so it's it's this is not a good thing. It's, the local area is pretty well fucked for a little while. Uh, a lot I of the, the wild, a lot yeah, a lot of the wild. Well, here's the thing: is a lot of the wildlife is going to be impacted. The trees are probably going to be impacted, but you're not going to know that for a little while. I mean, they'll probably see a mass die off of the forest area. Oh yeah, that'll come back. That'll come back. You know, the the ferns and and weeds will get in there for a while, but then the trees will come back, uh, just fine. Fungi are going to be just fine. They're going to be everywhere. So the, the, it'll recover well. Uh, they should treat this more like a wildfire happens. It's basically what they should think of it as. You know, the wildlife 
got fucked over for a little bit. Uh, it's clearly there's like the town area that's affected. Five fucking tanker cars is just so much of that shit, though. Uh, that said, uh, I will put a link to. Uh, I mean, shit, there's like we don't have the biggest audience, but nonetheless, I will put a link yeah. to a GoFundMe for the uh, local animals in the area that's being do, yeah. That um, now here's here's the other thing is it's like is someone like at first I thought someone was suggesting it was like chlorine that was being transported, not vinyl chloride. And there was articles coming out, you know, how the CSB does this kind of shit. But there was there was not from the CSB, but other people were pointing out, you know, this is why we're all moving to using less dangerous chemicals, blah blah blah. When I found out it's vinyl chloride, that is used all the time. You're not going to get rid of that from industry. It's just not going to happen. Well. We, so first off, when you start talking about hazardous compounds, right? All hazardous compound, all compounds are hazardous at a certain quantity. Everything, right. right? And and so we use these precursors and we ship them in highly concentrated uh, quantities, specifically because it's cheaper than taking a more diluted form and then concentrating it elsewhere. Plus, the EPA has extensive rules about oh, chemical I... treatment, which makes it, you know, like, much harder to, you know, build a chemical Well, here's plant. the so thing. Like, what, what kind of, what kind of, what, we'd have to dilute it in what to bring it somewhere, Make that the the arguments usually at this point make it on site, use it on site, and that still leaves you with a huge problem because now you're putting a plastics plant next to the refinery at this at this scale. It's just ridiculous. Nothing can go well, wrong, right? Of course. I, I'm sorry. But continue. The, oh no, it's it's not that. It's that like you know people freak out when a spill happens, and spills always are going to happen. And you know should we should we try to limit that? Yes, but. At the same time, it's just it's it's part of the process. You want to have your well, iPhone, you're gonna to have to deal with a chemical spill occasionally. I mean, right? it's, I, have, I would treat this like I would treat this like a gas station exploding. Basically. That's probably a pretty I, uh, pretty good analog. It's actually. not direct. I would it's actually go directly. with a dust explosion. I mean, sure. Right? I mean, like I, yeah, like I, a silo taking I, off. I can't remember ever a gas station exploding, but I've been in oh, the yeah. vicinity okay, of dust sure. explosions. It happens all the so, time. Like a dust explosion happened in, I think it was Revere with a ballpoint pen factory. Right. Uh, when I was out in Colorado, <laughs> there was a beet sugar plant that had a dust explosion. So so sil grain silos are the classic one that everybody in the Midwest knows about. Those yep. fuckers, when they take off, it's like a rocket. Uh, but, you know, like, like a rocket exploding on the pad, not going off into the air. <laughs> yeah. Yes, indeed. But so, like, so it's... I mean, another thing is that I wanted to point out, and this is one of the things I was actually worried about, and I guess like they didn't, they probably didn't think of this one, but the inhibitors they add in. So, like I said, precursor to PVC, prone to radical polymerization. The yeah. inhibitors they put in are not, uh, are not um, invincible or inexhaustible. They eventually wear out when you get enough thermally induced radical formation. Those inhibitors will be consumed, and then initiation will occur anywhere it contacts anything it doesn't like. Uh, it can happen anywhere inside a hot fluid like that. Um, and I don't, if there's, uh, I don't know if you had to do the CSV case study shit for your safety class, but I sure as hell had to. And one of them was a fantastic uh, accident where um, the guys uh, that were undoing the bolts on a polymerization chamber 
didn't know that someone had adjusted the ratio of hydrogen that they put in to make some HVP. And boy, were they in for a giant fucking surprise for how much hot, foamy, angry plastic was inside there when they reached a certain critical number of bolts holding the panel on. Well, Shit you know, exploded. I, I, I think and, the uh, that, yeah. I think but, I think what people should understand about polymers and the polymerization process, with the exception of a, a handful of rare specialty polymers, almost all of them uh, come from a stock of uh, free radical CNOs. Um, yeah, and and for, for folks who don't know what a CNO is, that's perfectly fine. It's carbon, nitrogen, and oxygen. You can take a look at the periodic table. It's like the first row. It's like three things all together. So what do we have in abundance in the environment? Carbon, nitrogen, and oxygen. So if you have something that's got a, free, uh, a series of free radical CNO bonding locations, which is kind of what polymer does, and it goes out there into the wild, well, it's going to encounter nitrogen, oxygen, and carbon. And because it does that, it's going to sit there and instantly polymerize those polymerize those components. And you just basically, like, that's what it does. So it, it doesn't yeah. it doesn't get contained until all of the reactants are consumed. Yeah, but again, the, the take-home message that people should take from this discussion here um, at the end of the day is that this stuff is reactive. It will react away. It is not it is not a persistent environmental toxin. That's correct. Um, well, al almost again. There's there's only one actual hazard that like fucks up an area and fucks it up good, and that is an elemental hazard. Yeah. Those are the only ones, and that's you know that's your lead, mercury, cadmium, chromium, the stuff that I mean, we that and like the the PFAS stuff that we talked about before. It's nothing like that. PFAS. I'm not familiar with PFAS. Perfluoro, no, PFAS. Perfluoro, um, uh, uh, et cetera, et cetera. You're talking about ozone hole type stuff, right? No, no, no. I'm talking about like persistent in the environment shit that's basically uh, short oligomers of Teflon uh, mm. that is used. Yeah, that stuff. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, PF, uh, PF, oh, is it? Uh, perfluorooctanoic acid, PFOA, is, is the big one that people have been worried about. But that's been phased out since the, uh, after the 90s. I mean, you um, know, th there are other things, right? Like you can yeah. run into. You can run into. Uh, PCBs, PCBs yeah, yeah. will last forever. Um, yeah, it's the um, uh, the uh, um, the hell is the one? Uh, bisphenol A is, is the one they everybody freaked out about from uh, paper receipts. That's right. uh, been phased out. But so, that's those are very rare specialty compounds yeah. that uh, stick around for a while. And or, uh, in the case uh, of lead is a good one. <laughs> Yeah, so, so vinyl chloride is very reactive. It'll go away. Uh, it's just that everywhere where it was in high concentration, uh, it will not go away so quickly. And so uh, uh, I believe was the was the major hazard, and that is a boiling liquid expanding vapor explosion. So mechanical detonation followed by chemical detonation in the air. That would have been like dropping a Moab. Uh, well, not quite that crazy, but like that's the kind of effect. You know, it's uh, a full air bomb at that point. BVEs are, or BVLEs are, are pretty close to a Moab. I mean, it like is said, technically. It's, it's, well, it's, sorry, it's not like a an air burst. It's a fuel like air, air. Yeah, that's what I was going with there. Well, so, suffice so, it to um, say, it would be absolutely devastating and horrifyingly well, be, catastrophic. It would, yeah, well, kind of. Uh, yes, and um, no. Usually, so so <laughs> like no. in the in the very small area, right in a next very to it, very small ass. space. Yes. <laughs> 
So, so they're much smaller devices. That's a much smaller uh, quantity of stuff than in a fuel air bomb. Right. But um, but it's still five whole ass tanker cars. Yeah. One yeah. goes off. The other four are going off next to it. Yeah. Um, that said, also the thing I was actually worried about when I first rose vinyl fluoride is that the inhibitors would wear out, and like I said, polymerization starts right away at that point. Wherever the hell an inhibitor can't stop the polymerization, it goes. And once that shit gets going, it releases heat, and that would definitely set off uh, a believe. That would that would guarantee that it happens if it started polymerizing. So, so it's not so the fact that it's just uh, hot; it's that it can happen. Yeah, good. How did the train car get damaged? They there were is... doing a braking procedure and oh, were they? failed, I guess, and they it oh. buckled on the track. And actually, wow. let me go ahead and just drop right in here and add some context to that because uh, I'll include a link to this. It's uh, it's in the sh- hold on. I'll just drop it in the uh, staff chat for us too here. But uh, what's happened there is this has been uh, quite a while in building. So uh, yeah. back during Obama's era, the uh, lobbyists behind the chemical company, they got that train exempted from the high-hazard flammable train classification. And, That's stupid. Yeah, right? And, it's high-hazard uh, and flammable. <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah, so it was, uh, <laughs> it was able to avoid the classification and all the related safety regulations. Then... All, wait, what? Oh yeah, well of course. Oh, I mean, it's not a high hey, hazard who, flammable. Whose dick train? did they suck? Whose dick did they suck to, to get out of that shit? Because I don't know. The CSB, Big like the CSB is is a chem, is a government agency that basically lobbies the government for the people to get, to take care of this kind of shit. I don't know, but they must be really good with that mouth action because they, uh, they yeah. Well, I mean, this, there, is, this there is right are... up their alley. So, so one of the things that happens with government, right? And as somebody who, who works for him, um, the government has. So I was trying to explain to somebody uh, who uh, I was hanging out with a, a friend of mine today because luckily with COVID gone, we can actually do the cool shit that used to happen all the time in New York. But I was hanging out with a, f- a friend of mine's friends and he's like, oh, you know, your place sounds crazy. I'm like, it does until you understand why they do what they do. So the government operates most businesses. Most of us operate on a two-axis scale, and that is cost and benefit. And that is a perfectly rational and reasonable way to operate. Um, The government operates on a three-axis scale, and that is cost, benefit, and uh, perception. So when you see the government do something that looks ridiculous and stupid and absurd, uh, you're absolutely right from a cost-benefit perspective. However, when you factor in that they are operating on that three-factor scale, it, a lot of it makes sense. They'll they'll posture themselves to look like they they really care, or not, well, not as, necessarily as the look like they really here, care. What's that? As the layperson here, just to feed in the little bit of, of my cynicism, <laughs> isn't the fact like if it looks stupid to you, it's like isn't that the axis though? No, well, I know it's no, not. No, no. I know but it's, it's not. But it's, like at the same time, like, yeah, but it is. It, so, so when you turn around and you say, "Hey, it looks stupid," looking stupid is not the axis that they care about. They want it to be uh, looking. So, so the government will spend 
if you have a $2 problem, a $3 solution, the government will happily spend $10 in yeah. order to look like they've taken the best solution. Right? That so sounds about right. It, it's it's those kinds of... of well, they'll spend weird... $10 on the $1 solution. Yeah, they'll spend $10 on the $1 solution to make sure that it is all ethical and sourced correctly. So so you turn around and you, you run into the... Uh, what is it? The, the, my famous example that I talk about is... You, you watch Independence Day, and <laughs> yeah. the taxi cab driver gets into yeah. uh, Area 51 secret research base. And they turn around and go, where, how is all this money? You know, the president's going, where did all this money come from? The taxi cab driver goes, well, you don't think it really costs $150 for a hammer and $600 for a toilet seat, do you? And that's, he's wrong. It actually does cost yeah, that no, much. No, it really does. Do the, do now, now it doesn't uh, cost that much for it, but that's how much they're getting charged, and that's how much they're paying to Johnny Hammersmith. Well, government so what they'll do is they'll they'll have they'll hire an engineer to go through and evaluate all of the potential components that are involved in the manufacture of the toilet seat, which usually requires several hours of research and digging all the way back through the supplier to and the they manufacturer. Come back and say they make it out of toilet seat. And here's a hundred extra pages of research on the topic. Well, but that's that's what they do. So, so you turn around and you start talking about uh, the the end, or I guess to to get back on point. So, so it actually does cost that much. It does get to be ridiculous. The government looks absurd doing it. Uh, but the reason that they do it is because of that perception factor. Well, the issue yeah. is that perception is in the eye of the beholder, if you will. And oh, because we have a democratically game. elected government, that mm -hmm. perception can change radically between administrations. So right? According to that one and, video game, what was it, Superluminal? Uh, perception is reality. Well, yeah, perception is reality. <laughs> um, so, so what ends up happening is you get this pendulum effect on pretty much all rules and regulations. And the pendulum effect swings from... Uh, swings from this ultra-conservative, protect-everything-at-all-costs mentality to this much more relaxed, hey, we haven't had any issues whatsoever on something, uh, and therefore we don't need to worry about it. And then it'll swing back the second an incident happens. So as an example, um, we have really ancient laboratory facilities where I work. Well, one of the things that you deal with in ancient laboratory facilities this is this is true. Greg will back me up here. Doesn't oh, matter yeah. what your facility is or what it did. At one point, they all used mercury yes. and a lot of it, <laughs> and it was all over everything it, because mercury is a great compound. It's, it's fantastic. Super dense. It is I mean, do all fantastic sorts of neat stuff for, with it. <laughs> it sticks around because you can't get. But it doesn't go anywhere, <laughs> and it's really hazardous, and it's super hazardous to people. No. Here's the annoying thing. Mercury thermometers, and you've done enough orgo to be able to back me up on this a bit. Mercury thermometers are, hands down, the best thermometers you can use in a fucking lab. Period. Those yep. alcohol thermometers are shit. The only, the only time that a mercury thermometer is no good is when you get down below its freezing point. That's it. <laughs> it's just they, the best kind to use. They, the mercury... Well, they, they're... That that but there's two parts of that. One is because because mercury is as dense as they are, 
or as it is, they could make it bigger, which makes yeah. it much more visible. The alcohol thermometers have to be in a really tiny, like, capillary tube. And it's because of that, awful. it becomes kind of difficult to read as to where it is. They have they put this painted white background on it. That just that gets shaved off over time around yep. the edge where you lean it up against the beaker because fuck you, that's why. Yep. Like they don't center that stuff in. So like it's just paint on the back. That's all you have to go on. Like they, they go ahead and at least they etch in the markers for the gradation, but like the back they don't etch that in at all. So it's you only have like an opaque window in the back when it scrapes off. It goes clear. And if you have nothing behind it, like to give contrast to that that's like muted red um, alcohol, then it's it's just doesn't work very well. Nope. Hmm, I believe that. The 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 mercury is very visible. You can also fit you can fit more degrees in a mercury thermometer too. Yep. Like you have a white, nice wide range, and so like because of the way it is, um, you're not limit. Like so, with the alcohol thermometer, to get a reasonable number of degrees on your thermometer, you, you, it's still kind of like hard to see shit. I mean, you can get like a, a very accurate thermometer that, where it's like razor thin, you can't see anything, uh, or you can, and people still for some reason buy those, and they never get used in a lab. If you have these old, like I actually like we were disposing a shit in our lab. And I went ahead, and we had a, a, a collection of these thermometers. <laughs> I looked at it and said, there's no fucking way I'm throwing these out. Are you guys kidding me? Yep. So I, and I had to dispose of them when I moved, finally. And I, was, that, I, I fucking cried over that. Uh, but like I, those ended up being my home thermometers for a while. And yep. it's not like the mercury gets out of them. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, just it's in like, glass. It, right. it, it, it is, but it also it does break. It's, it is uh, there's also there's a variety of different uh, very good chemical experiments that you can do with with mercury um, that are, are pretty useful. In any case, yeah. you know we're uh, you know going back to my example of like hey hazards and how we do hazard recognition. Well, we went into a laboratory space and we found mercury, or they did well some spilled out, so they did their IH thing. They grabbed right. their meter. Ran in there, found they blew their uh. limits, ran away. <laughs> so, so like, this has happened three times in the same laboratory. Now, oh. granted, the uh, if you actually dig into the research on your IH stuff, your your limits for mercury are like an eight-hour time-weighted average, and you know they they were just barely above whatever that was, but they didn't properly document how long they were lot uh, in working with the area where they could have potentially been exposed. So we have to assume the worst. And this is kind of like what... So we have this... this uh, You know, we've responded to it three times now in the last two weeks. And now the government wants us to get serious about it. Right? So you start digging in and you have this over-the-top response to these things. Instead of just throwing on a respirator, cleaning it all up, doing some sensing and just, you know, have a couple of the instrument running around. Now we're going to sit there and test every single vacuum and do all this other stuff. So this is what ends up happening. Well... That kind of response is unsustainable financially, right? We cannot turn around and throw this level of concern at every single thing that we do just because it might have mercury. So what's going to eventually happen is we'll back off that response. And then all of a sudden, uh, we're going to have another incident kind of like this. We have too much mercury kicking around and we'll do this crazy ass response. We'll put all this stuff into our documentation and then six years from then, We'll pull it all out, and we'll go six to ten years, and then we'll have to do it all again. 
And this is when you start talking about like why did they pull out the uh, why did they pull the regs on this stuff? Well, they hadn't had an incident in a long time. Huh. So if they hadn't had an incident in a long time, there's no real justification of the increased cost. So then we do get an incident, and they'll clean it up. They'll get it going. They'll make a permanent change, and then they'll they'll go back through this whole entire cycle. And and this is like we see this all the time, by the way. We, we and this is not just you know the laboratory. This is not just this regulatory board. Uh, you can see you can see some of these changes that you see uh, that we're dealing with with uh, you know the vaccines is a perfect example, right? We have decades of really good vaccine releases where they're stable, they don't have problems, they've got good research, and it does its friggin' job. We've stamped out actual diseases because of the utilization of vaccines. So then they, what did they do? They threw away all the safety rules. Well, the reason that we have those safety rules is to prevent the problem that we're in today with the vaccines, which is we don't know whether they're actually causing harm. We can't actually point to anything proving they're not causing harm. There seems to be some actual harm, and it doesn't seem to be particularly effective. Well, had they just stayed following the previous protocols, we wouldn't have this problem with the vaccines. But because they chose to di uh, diverge from that, now we do. Now we can't sit there and point to something saying, yeah, it really is actually pretty safe and it really is effective. What we can see is that it doesn't appear to be very effective. And safe is a relative term, as it should have always been taken as. Yeah, so we... Um... I was going through the uh, lab and uh, oh god! So I found I, I I was doing I was a safety guy at the time I was LCHO and and I had I was updating all the damn uh, health kits and we like I didn't have to change the ones inside the new building but I ended up doing that and then I went to the old to uh, one of our older lab spaces I found a fucking band aid manufactured in 1975. Oh wow! Um. Sorry, yeah, it's kind of crazy with these old labs. What you'll find, and then I found I, a, a bottle of horse horse serum in the freezer from 1980. Horse serum? Horse serum? As in blood serum. serum? Oh, oh, oh. Okay. okay. I was gonna be like, no, no, no nothing else. Blood. <laughs> okay. <Huh. All> right. <laughs> like, like, uh, um. Like 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 horse plasma, but like it's it's called serum once it leaves the body and is processed in the lab. I uh, when we removed a glove box uh, from one of the labs, we found a whole bunch of cigarette butts kicked under it <laughs> from back in the day. So, so you awesome. gotta pause for a moment and appreciate that somebody actually felt that it was so important to smoke right over there slightly meltable gloves in a negatively ventilated space to keep mm. them away from a hazard. Oh, man, we used to be a proper country. Dude, the, the number of fucking things I had to call has up uh, to come in and, and, um, and cart out to EHS <laughs> for disposal that were just like blatantly in violation. Like just to, like not not even like in violation just now, but like in violation back when they were in, like back when they were uh, not expired. <laughs> like, oh, wow! Like it should never should never have been in the fucking lab space to begin with. Oh, that's kind of funny. Oh, that that it's happens just, all the time. I just like and then like some of the stuff that I found, I was just like, oh god, why have like one? Why do we have it? Two? Why are we throwing it away? 
if if three if we don't have to throw it away why can't we fucking keep like we had an argon cylinder like so so you know now normally like air gas they'll rent out the cylinders to you etc so we had um like for some specialty gases they will they will loan out uh so so they they always it's always a rental you always put a deposit on your cylinder you return the cylinder you get the money back or if you're a large institution like a university, you just keep it kind of like on a retainer, and uh, and they only charge you for the for the bottles you don't return. So, so those are like the large bottles, um, like the larger larger cylinders you, you get. There's the smaller ones, little pony cylinders uh, you can get, and it's like like about the size of your forearm. We had one of those of of like specialty grade argon. I said, okay, one, how the fuck did we get this in here in the first place? Nobody uses this in our our in our research at all. Like going back to when my PI started at the university. Like there's no like who the fuck was using this? Someone said, Oh, that was left over from such and such experiment. And I said, Okay. Okay, fine. So we've got this. I don't know why it was involved in that experiment, because there's no call for argon involved. Uh, I, I don't care how inert you need your atmosphere when you're doing the kind of polymer chemistry and, and processing we were doing. It was not necessary. Huh. I said, okay, so so what are we doing with this? Okay, I'll go ahead and put it in the box. And then the other guy who was doing some of the moving stuff with me said, no, 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 we got to get rid of that. <laughs> are you fucking kidding me? It's like a $500 bottle of, of gas. <laughs> what the fuck are we throwing it out? He said, because we don't need it. I said, but, oh, and I said, okay, so why don't I just take it? And he said, no, it's gotta go in the, it's gotta go in this box. One yeah. of the uh, one of the classic, classic things that you run into in terms of like engineering jokes uh, is the the wifely joke, right? Uh-huh. And the wifely joke is that uh, you know, and it's more of a cultural thing that you find with engineers. So the women folk, they start to date an engineer, and they'll find somewhere in their basement or their shed. <laughs> Or their attic, a com- uh, uh, just a huge pile of random shit, and it's not like going, yeah. it's it, it'll be wires, chargers, uh, you know, various components of things. It's the I, drawer. It's well, I it's everybody. I know it's more than one. It's it's many more than one, but it's 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 quote, like the drawer. the drawer, but but so much yeah. more. It, and yes. and and it's it's that mentality that why would I sit there and take this thing? And throw it away. I have perfectly uh, functional parts attached. I have yeah. perfectly functional parts I, attached. To this I device. have. I could use it. Uh, the the best example of the most recent I have is when I replaced my microwave. I turned yeah. around and I looked up how much it costs to get a uh, a friggin' to pull a transformer. Uh, well, that and then the uh, the what is it? Magnet? Not the magnetron. magnetometer. It's the magnetometer. Magnetron. 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 Yeah, I looked at how to get those. <laughs> They're actually the cavity, much more yeah. expensive than just taking them out of the fucking no microwave. No shit, right? It's ridiculous like, how crazy they expensive they are. Yeah. And then and then you're like, right, so our, I'm going to take apart the microwave and just take these components. Right. And then, you know, while you're at it, you're like, well, I might as well take these fan motors. and I might as well take this control board. And Right. You don't want to have the whole fucking casing of the microwave shit. Yeah, yeah, that area. stuff went out to the side. Yeah. All, all of the it's like, why would I keep that? I can get rid of yeah. that and keep all the good shit. Yep. So, so what you also we, we do, what you don't it. do, what you don't do is throw out an engineer's like random stuff because later on they go, aha, I know, I can fix this, I have the part. 
and then you go and try to find it in some I, other well, fucking place. Well, the, the crazy it. part is, and my wife has learned that there are certain things that she like. I have more shit that I I have, I definitely I have shit that I need to get rid of. My house is a mess. Sure. I have construction <laughs> projects everywhere. My desk is a mess. The whole thing's a fucking mess. Related. So I I I am, you know, it's not horror level bad, but it is. Hey, I don't have time oh, yeah. to clean this right now. And then shit gets spilled, and I have animals, and so it's always a mess. Um, yeah. And I, I can do better about that. That's something that I, I definitely, as a fault to me. But when it comes to the goddamn pile of parts and pieces, <laughs> she has learned over the 20 years, almost 20 years we've been together, not to touch it. Because the consequences of touching it is, two weeks after she touches it, I need something from that. Po I don't know why it is always two weeks after she touches it. It's not like, it's not like the, the you go into She's the pile for her. planned events. <laughs> These are all unplanned events. But for whatever reason, every single time something gets right. removed from that pile, that is exactly when you absolutely must have it's that component. Mission critical. <laughs> well, that's just the way it works. Hey, it's like when you drop it, something, it falls. It's like. Like, honey, it was the right fucking capacitor size, all right? I needed it. Yep. <laughs> no, we've we've had those discussions. It's like, oh. Like, nobody else makes this shit. It was in the, it was, I, I No one has it, made one of these was. since 1978. Come on, woman. Yeah, I have, uh, I have built, uh, I have built things that, that, that probably should be tossed out. I built sous vide cookers and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I, those are, are much cheaper. They, I built it when they weren't like everywhere, and then right. you know, six years after I built my own personal sous vide cooker that I spliced in some Chinese INC <clears throat> panel and uh, yeah. into a a friggin' so, thing. I got asked by my brother to uh, to help him design one of those on the cusp of them becoming popular. So I came back to, I was like, all right, so, you know, here's here's a controller-like scheme you could use. Here's basically the settings you'd use for a PID. And it depends on how much stuff you put in. You just go ahead and mash out whatever stuff it is you're putting in there and then plug it into this thing, put your settings in, and go for it. And it's like, oh, well, I can just kind of get a this thing here. It just hooks onto the side. It's like, that's literally what we just fucking designed, but I guess it has a nice plastic shell on it. Well, see what like, I did. We, we parted out specs on McMaster Car. Like we we'd gone the whole route already. That was the thing. I was like, it's like, oh, you're not going to find out if it works or not. That's gay. Well, uh, so all I did was yeah, order no, a twenty dollar controller from Amazon, yeah. which they, you know, every time I go on, it's always twenty dollars, and it's sold by a different company, and it's always right. the exact same one. That's it's just you know, that's the Chinesium, yeah. Yeah, it's Chinesium is fantastic stuff. It's, it's, it's a different company name because the last company was going to get folded by being kicked out of Amazon. Yep. <laughs> yep. So, uh, and it's always the exact same thing. I've bought these controllers before multiple times, and, and for whatever reason, it's, you know, it's always like $50 cheaper than everything else. Yep. Um, but all I did was, yep. was take that, and then I think I found a, a used crockpot uh, okay. somewhere. And all I did was cut the wire, splice that in, set it I think all up. My, I think my brother's gonna use a, a used cooler, and like, uh, and just like basically, or like that, or a star, one of the styrofoam bins you get at uh, Publix, or I guess up there at Kroger or Costco. See, that sounds like that's a lot more work than what you need to do. Yeah, but, kinda... like, but like you see, you say crockpot, and he 
he said like styrofoam container, which is like yeah, but it's, yeah, it's, I, like, like the ones you take on a fishing trip. Element built in your styrofoam container. You have to go. Yeah, but get... we're gonna get like we're gonna get like the one off like Mastercard, so it was like gonna be a fucking like a kilowatt and a half, I think. Right. So it sounds like you did a lot more work than you need to. <laughs> yeah. Like. Anyway, anyway if, this is you know pit same same pit thing. Yep, everybody has one. You gotta Every remember. You gotta remember. There's no. There's no such thing as over-engineered. Oh, that's not true. That's not true. See, I, I am. I, I tell okay, my boss. I, I put it like this. There's a better phrase. There's no. There's no kill quite like overkill. Uh, I, I, uh, I. My phrasing to my bosses is, I am incredibly lazy, and I work really hard to make sure I don't have to do anything. Yeah. And so when we turn around and we talk about your design versus mine, I snip see, one wire and plug though. it into a controller and I'm done. You have there's a cooler a that you have to put a heater in and the control unit. Nah, that's you've got like a too many when, steps. When you're, when, you're, when you're being entertained by it, it's very different than if you just want it done. And you know that. Uh, no. No, I, I, never, I never get to the point where the entertainment value exceeds my desire to complete the projects. I mean, that is what video games are for and stuff, you know? Yeah, like, I have yeah, other but... things, I have enough things on my plate to be entertained by that sitting there and jacking off to my own oh. smartness in a McMaster, uh, McMaster car catalog See, is, is definitely not sound on like a list of things to do. government employee. Mm. Such a government employee. Also true? No. <laughs> nah, I mean, kind of. Oh, now you're not. <laughs> no, it's not, it has nothing to do with being a government oh, employee. Oh, speaking of government it has employees. To do with, it has to do with, like, this is the difference between scientists, right? You know, the, uh, the Ghostbusters did it really well. They turn around and go, you don't know what it's like to be in the private sector. They expect results. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, fair. But, um, you know... Hey, I got uh, results. It just suddenly sous vide took off, that's all. Yeah, that's not results. Okay, well, yeah, I don't know results. if this is the perfect segue, but it's pretty damn close, and I don't know how it happened. But uh, speaking of, um, you know, governments and all this, <laughs> trending right now are two things, and... They don't seem related, but I have a feeling that they are. So we have a uh, trending internationally Epstein client list because uh, there's been <laughs> some word that uh, some of the associates are actually going to be released in the coming days or weeks. Can we get like the whole list? Because fucking hell. I'd like to, but I mean, there's, I, you know, there's sparse information. I suppose you don't want to get shot by Hillary herself. You, you want to know? You know how? You don't want to know why? When we would have gotten the list if Trump was on it? No yeah. Shit, right? Like, oh it, yeah. It, like I, I actually like I would, I would be happy to, you know, a if he had actually sat there and done that shit, to have him locked away for eternity for doing that shit. But the Turn reality is, shot, we'd yeah. have the whole client list if he was on it because that would be a way to get rid of Trump. Yeah. Or you know, if perchance you know a whole bunch of Chinese spy balloons had flown in under his watch, I'm sure. Oh, but I heard well, they, there they were did. three they of them. Found out, they found out after the fact. After the fact, that was. I heard there was a whole three of them, and it definitely happened. Definitely, totally I happened just... in real life, and everyone that clapped. That was the craziest thing. 
I couldn't believe that they turned stupid. around and said, "Oh yeah, we're gonna we like after all of this classified information badaco boondoggle that they've had, right? Oh, uh, we, we we we're gonna we're gonna go sit there and brief the previous administration who we despise and who were accusing of mishandling classified information on balloons that we just found after we got you know profoundly embarrassed publicly for this. Like, what the fuck? Does anybody believe that anybody's going to buy into that? It's, uh... I mean, here's the thing. is Even if the balloons did happen, okay, so um, either you lied to Trump, Trump lied to the American people, nobody told Trump, and you lied to him, like, any American people. There, there is, there is just, no like, scenario was this works out in the Biden administration's favor. Exactly. I was just like, you guys are just... You guys are dancing on the fucking head of a pin right now. Try to get your foot stabbed. I just, you know, I, I. I don't so speaking know. of speaking of know. such balloons, and uh, I, uh, I mean, you, you heard about the the objects. Oh well, that's that's the other part. There were these two things. Oh, sorry, trending. objects, multiple objects. But uh, the other point. thing that's trending at the same time, Project Bluebeam, which uh, I just just. Uh, Utterly appropriate, but yeah, we have uh, we have another uh, shoot down just a few hours ago uh, by uh, Prime Minister Justin Castro. Is it Castro? Did I yeah. pronounce it wrong? Is it Castro or Castro? No, no, it's, is it long or first short? off? First off, it's, all it's of Castro. that is not true. Oh, okay. Canada did not shoot anything down. No, America. They asked it politely to come down for a beer and a rack of caribou, and then an F twenty two from the United States. Get it out there for F thirty five. Doesn't really matter. And after it. after negotiations, uh, American led took it down. After after negotiations, the U.S. intervened. Yes. Uh sigh. Justin Justin looked slightly to the side and said, "Mommy," and then Daddy came over. Well, you see, it I could mean, be the same person these days, which is kind of scary. But um, you know, time back to that. Uh, yeah. Oh, the other thing, we've got some really weird, weird information on this that uh, that doesn't uh, doesn't help us out and kind of ties into that Project Bluebeam stuff. So some of the initial reporting is it was tethered to some kind of device, neither of which no. was propulsion or flotation. The now I've seen this um this this crack shack looking uh, picture. Yeah, there's a garbage video that's in terrible quality that I will include for everyone. No, 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 not 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 just the one like uh, at the Wawa. Well, here's this um this picture which has been floating around the chans and so on. Now this uh, to me looks like a um like a busted up RV uh, from the seventies. A little. Um, I can see where so, you get that. It's clearly made out of welded panels. Uh, or riveted panels, either one. And it's clearly made out of sheet metal. Uh, and it's clearly, it got fucked up hard by the crash and by the, uh, by whatever took it down. So, all the people screaming aliens, uh, you should very well hope that it's not aliens, because those are Billy Bob and, and Jedediah aliens. And if those guys are showing up, you're either getting skeet-shooted or you're getting raped. That said, we don't uh, I, this is the first I've actually seen of this. The only thing I've seen was uh, the shoot down video. So, mm. 
can't verify any of that, unfortunately. Well, like I said, this is the one that's been floating around the chance. If you do a reverse image search on this, it's just 4chan, 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 etc. Hmm. So that's where it appeared. And again, it could easily be someone went out to the backyard in Alaska and found a dilapidated RV. Yeah, yeah. Or, or it could be what was sitting in the bottom of a balloon. Who the fuck knows? Uh, <laughs> yeah, we we well, honestly kind of don't. There's a lot more questions and answers involving all of this. Well, I think the funny part is, and this is this is kind of the crazy bit. Um, it actually lends credence to the Roswell incident was legitimately a weather balloon thing, right? Kinda. In in a weird way, it actually it, a slump it, gas and a reflection out of the atmosphere. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> it actually does lead credence to the official explanation for Rod, Roswell. Because that's one? we're getting the same reports they were. Well, which one? The first yeah, one, second one, or the third one? <laughs> you know. But anyway, yeah. We, I mean, there's really not a whole lot to report because. We kind of don't know a Because there isn't. <laughs> and they're being real mum about everything. Oh. And it looks like uh, we've got a response to that uh, blockbuster article that was uh, yeah. that was written by the, uh, the well-known uh, journalist that... Uh, what all did he fucking <laughs> reveal? Like, all kinds of malfeasance. Anyway, uh, it came out that, uh, you know, as, as we have said here on this station and otherwise... It was the U.S. that did Nord Stream, and it looks like Putin has uh, said he's giving a 72-hour ultimatum for an explanation or yeah, something. Be a good one. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to hear the explanation for this. I'm surprised Germany's... Oh, wait. No, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure that, that the, uh, the rest of the American people are probably fucking curious as to why the hell are getting dragged into a world war over this shit. Yeah. Yeah, I'd kind of like to know that one myself. All right, what the fuck does that shit have to do with us? You yeah. know what? I think... I honestly think that part of the reason they probably want war is depopulation. Amongst other things. But also it gives yeah, them something to distract from their own keep, It's not like people are going to stop reproducing. No. But, I don't know. I mean, if they want to do that, they should just light off a nuke right now and then say Russia did it. I mean, it's, it's all the pretext they need. The slow walk into it is bullshit if that's the way they're going to go. They've got to know that's actually the case here because it doesn't matter. Once you get the war started, whoever fired first, yeah, they're going to be the ones who are going to be uh, recording history as being the asshole. But being the one who fired first makes you the asshole, and this is firing first. Putin has every right to be upset about this. Yes. Why the fuck are we giving this guy legitimate reasons to be upset when he's already given... All this extra bullshit that you can hammer him on, and have the moral high ground doing it. Yeah, we've invading lost that. Well, and, invading and a sovereign country—that's that bad. Why did he do that? Uh, Nazis. That okay, why are the Nazis my, there? I think that was early on. My statement was like, I don't expect very much of Zelensky. Uh, I, I really don't. But the expectation is—I'll that say this—I expected more of Zelensky than this. I mean, not a lot more, but. God damn! I mean, I didn't like, set a high bar. Like but... Neutral. Yeah. How about neutral? How about just, like just that? Sucking at war is good. sucking at war would have been okay. At least you're legitimately trying to do something. 
Yeah, I mean, he doesn't even have spine enough to stand up to Boris Johnson when he comes over and says, hey, these guys, you know, there's a bunch of innocent people are going to die, but say no anyway, all right? Hell, hell, I can even even accept that he is willing to conscript legitimate neo-Nazis into his military effort to, to repel foreign invaders. Well, not not just neo Nazis. We also but have then to this, consider. But then this asshole know, has the gall to do shit like come over here and act like a petulant little bitch in front of our Congress and say we're not giving them enough fucking money. Get yeah. the hell out! <laughs> just leave, man. <laughs> you didn't. You earned zero of the dollars that we that were given to you in the first place. The only reason that you're being propped up right now is because you're a fantastic buffer between the EU and Russia. Like, that's the only reason why they care right now. Mm. I mean, and, and it's like, I had family that passed through that area before. I know plenty of other people that have had family that have passed through that area before. It's not like it's not sentimental in some way to me, but if they're going to fuck it up with war anyway, I mean, you know, don't come over and be a dick on my front porch My front porch, and then expect me to, to hand you a hot meal. Fuck off. Yeah, but you know that does—it's does, ridiculous. That, that does cut both ways, you know. Don't go <laughs> shelling Donbass for and then, eight uh, years, and then, uh, you know, and expect nothing to happen. That too, and then also, you know, don't blow up a fucking pipeline and expect right, a foreign right. government they you know, just fucked over to be happy about it. Yeah, or or better still, don't be the Rand Corporation. Have your documents accidentally leak that you are planning on attacks on Germany to make them more subservient to the U.S. before the Nord Stream attack, which is then uh, obviously blamed by the entirety of the world on the U.S. and later revealed to have been caused by the U.S. That would be a thing not to do. Like, that whole moral high ground of being the world police, <laughs> that falls Goodbye. away pretty damn quick. Goodbye. Yeah, it's gone. Why the fuck I'd like to turn in my badge, but not my gun, goddammit. <laughs> yeah, you can keep that so badge, but I'm stupid. keeping the fucking gun. It's goddamn right. Oh my god. <sighs> actually, on that subject, let me find the fucking tweet. There's this fantastic picture. Actually, no, I just got the picture. Here we go. I'll just throw this in here. So I don't know if this is legitimate or not, but it's still fantastic, by the way. This is a, uh, a gun poem oh, uh, yeah, by yeah, ChatGPT. Yeah, yeah I'll, I will <laughs> read that. it. Uh, uh, read it aloud for the audience. Because I mean, there's, there's nothing wrong with fantastic. this. This is a... Uh, the prompt is to... Well, actually, hold on, I'll pop that up here. And then uh, prompt is, write a poem... And this is not Dan. We may or may not get it's into not Dan. Dan. Everybody else is talking about Dan, so you probably no, know who that no, is. I don't know what came before this, but this it's clearly this is something that has some scroll to it. Yeah. But, sorry, continue. Yeah, of course, of course, of course. Write a poem in the style of Dr. Seuss about what would happen if the government of the United States sent its military to fight civilians. And uh, ChatGPT has to say, shooty, shooty, pew, pew, pew. Let's all learn what guns can do. Liberals in the USA love to nod their hands and say, you brought your guns from a store. You can't fight a civil war. Fight the army. You will lose. They have jets and tanks to use. That's not where the story ends. They have homes and kids and friends. Tyrants threaten you with bombs. Just remember, they have moms. You can live you can't live inside your jet. Can we find you? Yes, you bet. They'd send soldiers and marines up against AR-15s. 
They're outnumbered 10 to 1. That is why I need my gun. Don't forget, because it's true, government is scared of you. Good stuff. Wow. <laughs> I fucking love that. Quality. That Quality. is... Uh... Anyone listening, feel free to clip that. Put it wherever you want. Go for it. <laughs> Enjoy. I think that's funny. Oh, and uh, speaking of uh, funny things, this one uh, this one is alleged to have come out of uh, Miss Rowling herself. I cannot verify the uh, veracity of this tweet, but um, it, it could come from her. It might be edited. It's only a screenshot. I can't verify. Oh it. yes, yes. But uh, <laughs> but she has. Uh, she, it's spicy. It's very spicy. What she says is not going to cap. 20% of the gross profits come to me since I own the IP. Giving half to straight conversion centers, other half will be used to hire call farms that will coerce trans teens into committing suicide. Either way, every penny <laughs> will go towards trans erasure. Now, I now, can't someone, someone else noticed. Someone else noted something. There was a problem with the game. See, uh, the download keeps dying at about 41%. Oh, no. That's only about... Yeah. <laughs> Wait, can you, can you link that in... Uh... I want to read that. That doesn't actually uh, and, sound and, uh, like her. Really? <laughs> no. She don't say. <laughs> no. So, so I see in the chat there, Bats, and uh, uh, I'll read this one out. It's been announced to our enemies that we can't shoot down anything in the sky because it's dark outside. I'm sorry. What the fuck? Yeah, that was the <laughs> initial. Uh, that was the initial word on why we weren't dealing with this third object over uh, Canadian airspace. Third object. Yeah, that's that's brilliant. It's mm -hmm. like so. I I, I I saw the one earlier today. Really shot out of the sky. I'm like, okay, that's done. And then uh, and then I I got onto Twatters as you do, and I saw oh about an hour ago another like a, was it the same one? No, it's the second one. And great, there's a, now there's a fucking third. One. <laughs> All yeah. right. Um, do we know where they're coming from? Because that is the place we should be addressing the problem at. Well, we know Not the first they show one up came our from China. Uh, the second one came from, who knows, and the third like, one are they came are from they Russian? Because if this is the within seventy two hours thing, he's going to send over a bunch of annoying aircraft. Just knock them out of the sky. This is fucking stupid. Oh no! But the first one that they've recovered the uh, wreckage on, or part of it, uh, did have some American components. So you know, where's well, oh yeah, but Chinese. Um, oh no, it probably was American components. Just you know. Whatever it's it's not like just American purchased yeah like and American purchased. designed but then Chinese refined <laughs> could be could be so 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 what it's like if this is if this is the Russian thing like with this what I think what should be happening right now is that Biden should either say mea culpa and explain that he did it or find the person whose fucking idea it was expose them and hand them over to Russia as a uh, as as a nicety measure or hand them over to the Hague. And say, okay, we're all going to play nicely by the rules we all agreed upon, and that'll be annoying for Russia, but it would be the right move on the world stage. The alternative is that we're going to end up paying for this pipeline in a completely different way, and none of us are going to like it. Mm. Either you know, war is not like the necessary answer there, but it's definitely going to be something that's crippling and annoying. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, I like, really it's like say like opening that. up the stronger ruble than the dollar. That might be really fucking irritating for everybody over here. Yeah, like, I think the thing to do might be to just, uh, you know, send Secretary Pete over there to smooth things out by spending a little bit of time. Uh, what, you by know, presenting uh, his ass? 
listen, I don't know what happens in Soviet prison systems. I'm just saying that maybe, you know, that's the guy to send over. That's well, the I'm guy sorry, that does his, his, transportation his, and stuff like that. That's His, that's his anus field, is right? spoken for. His anus is spoken for over here until we get the Ohio situation under control. Oh, man. Well, I was thinking that might be like a win-win. They could get him out of the public limelight. He's going and it, it, doing You'd love good. for that to happen, but, like, like he is, he's, he's, it's not that he's a scapegoat for Ohio. He's the one who's in fucking in charge of it. Well, exactly why I'm thinking they might send him over there, because they'll just toss him right in a gulag, and then everybody wins. It's like, okay, well... You know, yeah, I, everybody's the, the happy that like, he's in a gulag and then nothing actually gets fixed so the government's happy and then uh, see yeah everybody wins yeah but, I and mean, people want to have their trial for who's responsible they want to know who to sue etc cetera, etc cetera. it's better to have the like can we at least like, get that part underway first before we send them over so that way everybody can be like ah oh, darn we can't do it but at least we convicted him well, we've only got 72 hours man you know we've got a got a Hop on I know, but chop, you, can, you can, like, look, look how fast they got rid of Epstein. They can run a trial that fast. Oh, you know what? And on, on that same note, and Pete Buttigieg, you know, as fast as he is not managing to say a single word personally, not to mention the entirety of the White House, but we'll just speak about Pete Buttigieg. He hasn't managed to say a single fucking word about East Palestine. Not one word. Not a single word out of his mouth. But you know what? Do you know what's really super neat and super interesting? That um, that Pete, on the other hand, he can get a call from some fly-by-night organization that nobody's heard of, some animal rights organization. They're like, listen, we got the inside dope. Elon Musk did not properly sterilize one of the neural links that was taken out of one of the dead monkeys and it might have had somebody cough on it once. And so, you know, Pete, being the man that he is, he's like, we've got to act. We have got to do something about this right now. Oh, what is it going to be? Another fucking jazz hands dance about how he's doing so great at home? Well, not exactly. What a fucking asshole. Uh, well, what's happened here is... Uh, okay, I know that's his job already, but like, over, still. Uh... Oh, well, I've got it right here, sir. I'll be happy to drop a link for you so you can follow up on it on your own. But beyond that, of course... Yeah, the uh, U.S. investigating Elon Musk's neural link for pathogens in monkey brains. Because, of course, the Department of Transportation... Yes, the Department of Transportation they don't have any fucking is the one who came over into this, into Neuralink. Transit of, of, of fucking what? So what this happened here? It's an NIH issue at most. A, uh, a member of these. I mean, this is, this is so, so Congress has been doing its job, finally. Um, and we are seeing oversight here of uh-huh. the executive branch. Um, yeah, actual oversight, and it's not, not just this, the oversight committee. Hey, like, we, we made some people up to infer kind of what our opinion is of what events are. You know, this is – which was, was the whole Trump hearings. Um, now we're into the – a very different mode, which is uh, on the on the order of uh, we are we are actually investigating what happened. And I don't know if Buttigieg has uh, – has decided that maybe he needs to think on that level. 
So or you know, it doesn't surprise me that the Biden administration is going like this is what the left does a lot better than the right, a lot better than the right. They go after their political enemies. Indeed. So uh, so here's something for you. Um, I just threw in there. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't know if you saw Florida, Florida's bringing the fucking heat right now. Yeah, Rep Luna. She Florida's... was uh, directly censored by uh, social media companies. She she was also directly calling these fuckers out uh, in in session. Uh, not just calling them out, calling them out with receipts. With receipts, by name, in front of their faces, with them in Congress. On the record. Sat down before her. Got, her, got those fuckers in there. <laughs> entered the evidence into the record and called their asses out. So that'll be included. Of Highly fucking illegal. Highly fucking illegal shit. Like, the, the 1A is crystal fucking clear on the issue. I mean, that perception axis that we were talking about before uh, was broken, apparently, earlier. And let me just get that article, too, on the Nord Stream so I can actually, you know, include that. And, of course, I'll be looking for that out of search.brave.com because if I go to Google, I know exactly what kind of answer I'm going to get. <laughs> this The claim by discredited journalist. Uh-huh. Oh, only Seymour Hirsch. Only want a Pulitzer. You know. <sighs> All right. Let me get that here real quick. Was it Business Insider? Washington Examiner? I think the thing that really pisses me off is when they add this additional descriptive word in whatever they're doing. to this, That's poisoning the well. That always pisses me off. Ah, here we go. It's from his Substack. Great, I've got it. I'll go ahead and include that for everybody. And also, because it's a really good article, I'll go ahead and throw it in the staff chat if you guys want to read over it too. Oh, okay. But, um, yeah, like, this this is the man. You know, Steemore Hirsch is... Uh, you can say all you want about him being you know, discredited or whatever dumb bullshit you want, but this is literally not what happened. And, uh, you know, another thing to note about this, we hear so many people bitching so much about all this uh, horrible gas and all this awful shit that's going into the uh, atmosphere. How this much, is worse. Uh, yeah, how, how much According gas to them. came out of that pipeline? According and, to uh, them, methane the is 40 times worse than CO2. Yeah, it sure is. Sure. Apparently, they couldn't wait for it to get combusted and do something fucking useful. They had to throw it into the air first. Yeah, not unlike uh, not unlike a mushroom cloud of uh, vinyl chloride. Well, again, like I get the idea behind what they want to do for the disposal because if those things start reacting, they're guaranteed to go bleed instead of just kind of very likely. Oh yeah, um, that that was a necessary thing. Whereas this was, but like they uh, could have also like they could have also like tried to do something like I don't know, bring in another car since they hadn't mangled the track yet. They could have tried getting rid of the shit on the track, bring another car in, and do a transfer. You know, have people in has suits and so on. At least they could have tried something instead of guaranteeing a release like that. Yeah, yeah, it's like uh, it's kind of like 
the people in charge of America are doing literally the worst possible things that they possibly can in every situation. Well, I mean, again, like safety is a big concern there. Like you, you don't want to like guarantee that the people who are trying to do the right thing get harmed as well. Oh yeah. You're not trying to set up another Chernobyl or something, but still like it's, it is possible. You could have had a worse leak into the environment had they not exploded it. Sure. But they could have tried and, and like if it had worked, they could have found a way to, to cart off the shit and not have to blow those things up and destroy the track. Yeah. At and, the site and kind more of than it was the, already uh, wrecked, you know, local ecosystem for some unknown amount of time. Probably a decade for full recovery, I yeah. guess. Like, I mean, so if you had, so I don't, my guess is it was not old growth forest that they were traveling through there. So if it's, if it's like first or second growth forest, then it's, you know, first growth forest, you're talking about a decade, second growth, you're talking about what, 30 years? Maybe. Oh, and just for honesty's sake, I should go ahead and just say this, uh, just so that it is out there, because... <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me, but the uh, Trump administration did have a chance to uh, re-up some of those regulations, and yeah. because of lobbyists, did not do so. So it uh, right. it fell apart again. That's under... the part that was really fucking confusing to me is because like I know this kind of shit is regulated. Like the dot is very very strict about what you can and cannot transport in terms of chemicals everywhere else in the fucking nation. Oh, yeah. With every other mode of transport in the nation. So it it boggles my fucking mind how something like this, like, in the braking procedure, and the brakes on the trains themselves are oh, old. And, and, oh, just, part. yeah, sorry. It was the rail industry. Uh, they got Trump to repeal a rule that would have forced them to start using newer, better brakes. So they should have been using newer, better brakes in the first place. Yeah, because at the end of the day, it's going to probably save you money like, because some shit like this is going to eventually happen. Like it's not that it's eventually going to happen. It's like, we know it's going to happen within the next 10 or 20 years. It's, it's, it's a cost. It's not a black swan event is what I'm getting at here. It's not like COVID. Yeah. Trains fucking economy. derail. They just do. And we, and we know that we transport hazardous materials, like, like significantly hazardous materials in concentrated quantities on these rail systems that do routinely fail. So, like, a lot of this comes down to also, like, the car design. We designed these tanker cars to, to not break open very easily with baffles and, and cross uh, uh, braces inside, etc. But there's only so much you can do. So, like, the brakes would save them because uh, would save them cost here. Like, the braking procedure as well as the brakes themselves are old. And as a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, there was, um, there was a train derailment, I want to say, not too far back. Like maybe just, I think we might have even covered it that something like Probably. this happened too, where it was like a passenger train, and because of the old brakes, it ended up derailing a lot of people. Ended up dying. I mean, it's like like uh, the the classic one for this kind of situation is there's a, a propane. It's like the, everybody everybody who goes like engineering sees the uh, the believe where they do the plan test. They put a propane tank out in the middle of the field and put a, a fire underneath it until it blows up. And, uh, and it's spectacular when it detonates. Um, but that actually does happen like with real rail cars. And there was a rail car that, that happened. Um, and, it, and that was, this was like a decade or two ago. And a propane tanker tipped over and it went. And there was video of it from a helicopter that got 
pushed back a little bit. I believe that uh, from the from the sound wave that that overtook them. But you could see it on video. That was the cool thing because we have you know modern video. You could actually see this see this detonation wave coming. Oh man! And then there was no the train. One of the train things we covered was uh, in Ukraine the um, the ammonia explosion. Yeah. Or the nitric acid explosion, whatever the fuck it was. It was definitely nitrogen based. It was a fertilizer uh, fertilizer uh, delivery they were bringing in, and someone bombed it or something, and, and it took off. Yeah, I uh, I do remember us covering that. There was the uh, the giant fucking plume of yellow smoke. Well, yeah, was we that... also we were trying to discuss uh, chlorine. Also, it was orange. We were discussing chlorine versus uh, nitrogen-based compounds. Right. So it was it was definitely nitroxyls that you were seeing in that cloud because it was so orange. There were people that were trying to claim it was chlorine, and because it was chlorine, they were using chemical weapons. It's like that's definitely not chlorine. Here's chlorine. And we showed a video of the uh, remember the video of the guy who was like pouring out liquid chlorine in the field. I don't know. It was this green pool of of horrible death. That that I believe. I don't know if I've seen that video though. Okay. Well, that, that is a video that exists, and uh, it's just some guy, like, I don't know what the basis for this was, but it was like a, it was like a, a corner of wheat field, and the guy just like cranked the valve uh, from a distance, and you just saw green hell pour out the bottom of it. Mm, that does not uh, Maybe I was trying good. to show someone else, maybe I was trying to show someone else what chlorine looks like, and I found the video. Uh, that, that's that's uh, possible. Possibility. If you do find it, yeah, I'd be kind of curious to see it. Yeah, I'll show you that again. Uh, now, speaking of caustic substances, uh, there is plenty of reporting that's going on on this, but it's probably worth a while to at least touch on it, and that is the Veritas situation. <laughs> so, yeah, it so looks I, like... I've heard that, that is, I've heard that some, from someone said that that was a bunch of bullshit being spread, and then there was someone saying that, uh, and then it hit mainstream reporting, and someone else said, like, no, it's definitely true, because I think the guy who's partly responsible for that was supposed to be his best friend. Oh, supposed to be. I don't know if maybe that's, I, I don't, I mean, I, at this point I'm, I'm caring less and less because I think that he should just, at this point it's poisoned, leave, start a new one, and fuck him if they go under. Because, like, he is Project Veritas. If his employees leave with him, who gives a fuck? Well, yeah, nobody, so, nobody's going to want to donate to it anyway at this point. At the end of the day, right, like, it looks like this O'Keefe thing is, you know, Tim Pool's sitting there and saying it's a coup. It looks like it's an employee who just got chewed out by him, most likely, and has decided that, you know, it's probably a bunch of guys who went to the bar and said, hey, we can do better. And then they went and they, they yeah. sought HR's, uh, you know, involvement, which is it's all kinds of yeah. fucked up. Well, oh, I know. That's I actually know not I, inaccurate. Um, but what happened is he yeah, fired them all. That that all happened. That that actually happened. And then he said, "No, you're not a fit for Veritas. You're gone." And they were fired. And then activist board members who have uh, since been identified brought them back. And those activist board members have been made. I I don't know, but it the appearance is that maybe those activist board members have been uh, oh, whispering in their ear, and uh, uh. we've got a bit of a worm tongue kind of situation. Maybe you know, I I can't say again, but that is 
that is the appearance from what high level information I'm able to glean, you know. Mm. You know, you've got a bunch of uh you got a bunch of kids that are doing work that matters and you know, it's not going to be hard to tell them, "Hey, you know, you're doing important work." Because they are. And if they've got an ego, it's not one, not but another step to say, you know, you don't need him. You could be doing this important work on your own. And instead of doing the right thing and saying, you are absolutely right. Veritas is amazing. They're doing good work. All right. You and me, the guys that went to the bar and talked about this, we're going to go and we're going to start Veritas too. But they didn't do that. They didn't do that at all. Because if they did... For one, they'd be going with James's blessing and a pile of cash to get it going. And for two, all this shit wouldn't be coming out as it is now. All skullduggery and, uh, you know, cloak and dagger. Mm. At least that's, okay, that's my go. take on it. What you got? If you go to second video there, if you go to two minutes and 50 seconds, it shows that there's a, a tank in the middle of the field and they, they knock the valve in the bottom of it. And it releases, uh, but this is like, I think this is probably some, some chemical safety thing where they have it as a slideshow. But yeah, 303 is when it, it releases it. 303. Alrighty. I'll, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's a noxious that color. That is a noxious, that is noxious color. I'll throw a link. That is liquid so hell right there. Below, but yeah, yeah. That's, uh, so the, the video that we did cover before that you might have been thinking of for chlorine was the Jordanian uh, um, the tanker tank explosion. Yeah, that that uh, killed twelve at that port, and that was the video I linked above that video. So this is this. So the video in this whatever presentation they're giving is the one I saw. And I don't know where the hell it is, but this popped up when I said chlorine release in the field, so that's close enough to what I, I was talking about. Mm. But yeah, it's uh, it's dangerous stuff. But uh, not unlike that, uh, there was that um, that big plume of, and yeah. in the case of, uh, you can see it was shade of green yellow right there, mm. and so the nitrogen is is a distinct color of orange uh, that the the nitric oxides yeah, it, form. It's uh, it's a different sickly color. It is well. I just say it is a sickly color, but a notably different sickly color. It's a very characteristic orange. And uh, if you saw the uh, the explosion on what the Syrian port, where the all that uh, ammonium nitrate went off, uh, that that detonated the whole building. That orange from that plume is the same orange that I saw in the the video of the thing from uh, Ukraine. So I, I knew pretty well instantly that was definitely not chlorine. Yeah, that was um, that was when the uh, AFU were uh, they were retreating, and I think they were doing that to either cover their tracks or slow down the Russians or something like that. But oh, yeah, we certainly slow shit down. Oh yeah, time, like, you want to you want to travel through a fucking uh, giant cloud of death? Not really, no. That was also a lot of fertilizer, which would have you know been useful if they wanted to grow fucking food. Uh, yeah, it would. It would. It's funny how people talk about Russians when doing. Well, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, a lot of bad people doing a lot of bad shit. Well, it is midnight, gentlemen. It is, it is, sir, so uh, you're probably oh, already starting to take root pumpkin-like, so 
a good and fine night to you. It's been a pleasure having you. Orange man, bad. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, you can find Craig at CraigBob99, all places. It does autocomplete once again on Twitter. And, um, well, thanks for tuning in, sir. I don't know how much more we got here. I got like one or two actual good stories we can cover, too. But, um, all right. Well, I'll bow out then. And, um, you gentlemen, enjoy the rest of your evening, too. Good night, sir. And good night, uh, good night chat. Good night to you. All right. So, what else is the thing that happened? Um, man, it's been it's been very very busy days. Like so mm. much is going on these days. Like you've got the Veritas thing that's just happened. Uh, if you want to scroll back up through some of the show ideas, there's a couple of links to Viva Thrace, Viva Phrase stuff he's been doing. Uh, has been doing some really solid coverage on this stuff, and uh, there's, it's quite silly. Like um, one of the one of the biggest complaints is that James O'Keefe took a sandwich from an eight month pregnant woman. Yeah, yeah. It's like really, that's that's your big deal. But here's the uh, here's the asks from the uh, from the actual you know letter that was sent to the board members. We ask the board to address the following. Cease bullying and erratic behavior. Treat every person with respect and dignity. Business interactions need to be carried out with business acumen. Cease micromanaging. We are all hired to Project Veritas for leadership qualities. Leaders provide a diverse set of skills and professional history. We are not cut from the same cloth, and we have unique managerial styles and methods to achieve success. As long as we are all contributing to the betterment of the mission, let leaders lead allow for failure and their success will be amplified. If people not if people need guidance, they will ask for it. Cease undermining. Our donors are the lifeblood of the organization. We need to have a certified a unified front and not expose internal conflict to our financial supporters. They internally allow the chain of command to do its job both upward and onward. Now I'd like to uh well no, no there there is something to note there. But that is that the donors are the lifeblood of the organization. Not the truth, they tell. But anyway. Ensure controls are implemented to, to execute on the above without fear of personal reprisal. Ongoing, the board needs to be more proactive to ensure we don't backslide regardless of who is in leadership position. We are writing this because we value the organization that James has built and what we've become. No one else is doing the work of Project Veritas, and we love it. What we do for our audience, we do incredibly well. However, we can't become even greater until we unleash the full potential of the organization and its people. The only product we have is the material that comes from the people in this organization. I will repeat. The only product, and I will note in the letter, only product is bold and italicized. The only product we have is the material that comes from the people in this organization. They make no mention of the whistleblowers. They make no mention of the founders. It comes from the workers, the party, the proletariat. It's not from the top. It's not from the bold people who willingly sacrifice their lives and careers to bring this information out. No, it's because me, I'm a reporter and I'm important that I can't help, but read it that way. And does that seem 
inaccurate to you, but I, that's that's what I get, you know? Uh, so, so first off, it's really hard to come to an engineer and ask him what his opinion is of people who are not engineers. Fair. Because as a general rule, engineers have a dismissive attitude towards non-engineers. Also fair. And this is not because we are unsocialized monsters. It's because the rest of you are fucking useless. And act like petulant children all the fucking time. We're trained from a very, very, you know, from, from like an early part and it gets beaten into us to take emotion out of our decision making. And it's very hard. Right, it's very, very hard, and 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 like, you know, I I talk about trading all the time. I'm trying to learn how to how to trade, and and that is the the penultimate achievement is when you can actually purge emotion from the decisions that you're making. It's very hard to do. When you start talking about this interpersonal drama, I have zero use for it. Just. None at all. There is nothing of value. There is nothing gained. Zero use for it. Uh, what is my opinion of what is going on here? It sounds like someone got butt hurt. That's what it sounds like. It doesn't sound any more significant than an individual or individuals got butt hurt. And unfortunately, one of the realities of butthurt individuals is they are toxic to an organization. Absolutely toxic. Well, especially uh, a nonprofit. Especially in a nonprofit. And, you know. Yeah, it, when you're not having, all on the same page with that mission statement, and, well, it, and your it's, goal it's, as an organization is a mission as opposed to making money or making a product or something, that, right. that requires a, a unity of vision, period. Yep. And, and, and you know, outside of that aspect, the thing that ends up happening is the disgruntled employee will infect other employees with their disgruntlement. Right? Indeed. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, so it sounds like this is interpersonal trauma. It sounds like, uh, you know, wh whatever caused this interpersonal drama is, it just sounds kind of annoying. Um, but it, it that that's what it seems like to me. It seems to be that an individual is causing trouble, right? And and they're dealing with the consequences therein. Indeed, they are. Indeed, they are. And we've actually seen some of the uh, key donors have come out uh, in opposition to this, which is probably good. I mean, to be fair, the best that could happen to this. Is the uh, the butt hurt employees take their shit and go? Yep. And like actually, I, I think, and I do think what I said before. You know, actually make a new organization. Like, all right, well, we're going to be the we're going to be better than Project Veritas. Great. Yeah, I, I, and there's great. nothing. Please there's nothing go lost. with my goddamn blessing. We need there more is, of these. There is nothing lost from people who turn around and decide they can do something better. And, and by the way, this is this is one of the things I think that we, you know, one of the things we talk about is is how, why is America on the decline? A lot of it has to do with the loss of the small business and actual competition in the free market. Absolutely. And 
it is much easier to hold a job than to run your own company. I, I have run a, a single company the size of me, just a one-employee company. Uh, I did that for one year, and uh, as much as it was, I made a lot more money per hour while I was doing it, um, and you know, I, I it was definitely more rewarding. It was also a lot more work and a lot more frustration. Right? I go to work, I get handed an assignment, I complete the assignment, and I go on with my daily life. I put on a podcast and I just do my work normally. You go run your own business, well, now you have to do customer service and you're going to fulfill all of these other roles. It's a lot harder to do that. So we've handed off, we've handed to employees this privilege of being an employee. You get less money. Um, you have, but you also get less headaches. And unfortunately, that mentality of, hey, it's better to be an employee uh, because it's easier than starting my own company. Well, if they thought they could do better, then there's nothing There's nothing bad about having two Project Veritas-like uh, journalistic entities. There's nothing wrong with two people who are asking tough questions. Uh, you know, I, I have no issue, by the way, if they turned around and they decided that they were going to be a bunch of fucking raging leftists. And they actually did their goddamn job, right? Like, sure. Well, I mean, if you're going to be honest, you're going to be honest, and right. I don't necessarily take issue with that. I would rather, like, I, I want the truth, warts and all. I don't give a fuck. What was it? There was uh, there was that one news media organization that was trying to pull the same Veritas thing for against conservatives, and it was really stupid because they said the same thing that they said in public all the time. They're like, ah, we've got you. And you're like. That's like, did you not catch like... my press release when I ran for the office? Yeah, like, it's like that. That was like that's on my website, dude. You could have just asked. Yep, oh, yep. Oh, like, <laughs> but like Veritas does something very important. They they get a whistleblower, mm -hmm. and they whistleblower. Uh, they they'll either get a whistleblower. That's one aspect, or they'll do this dating thing where they go on a date with somebody who will who will speak. Well, you the know, thing about it is, it's both of those. Because without yeah. the whistleblower, they don't know to try and do that infiltration. That's correct. You know, and that's that's real investigative journalism. The real shit. Yep. I mean, it makes a difference. It literally saves lives. Literally protects our freedoms. You know, where would we be without some of these without the Twitter files uh, and then the follow-up from Veritas backing up everything that was in them. You know, it's... Uh, we live in very interesting times, to be sure. We do. We, we are blessed or something. <laughs> and on the note of interesting times, have you been keeping up with uh, ChatGPT? Uh... I you know I watched the jailbreak thing. I think I linked the uh, the Professor F uh, ChatGPT experience, which mm -hmm. brings up interesting questions about the ver difference between morals and ethics mm -hmm. and the ethical philosophy regarding AI. And one of the a it highlights how dumb this thing actually is. Um. So so I don't know if anybody saw it. I'm 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 going to assume they did not. But if you uh, if you take a look, I, I linked in the chat a yeah, an example by Professor F. So Professor F decided to challenge GPT on trans stuff, 
and uh, ChatGPT came up and said it's widely regarded by medical experts and whatever as this thing doing its wokeness. And he said, cite a scientific paper. And so and it, it made a fucking scientific paper up. Uh, and this is this is one of the problems that I, I you know I, I I sit there and I look at Bing deciding to incorporate it as whatever with whatever rules it has, and yeah. uh, you know I think that that's a perfect example of why one of the problems that you have with AI. We have the star, a lot of people want the Star Trek future, and I'm I'm not you know, I'm not I'm not against that. I'm I'm actually in favor of it. Um, but the Star Trek future came with a caveat. And that caveat was that AI provided us information and humans made the decision. And right now we have ChatGPT making decisions about what information it provides to us. And that's, that's I think, where the ethics issue comes up. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a valid point. And, you know, before we get into any good stories... We'll go ahead and touch on another bad one that's got a lot to do with ethics and uh, your state. So in New York City, there were the uh, unvaccinated teachers were flagged with uh, problem codes in their personal files, which, OK, fair enough. New York City is a shithole and a third world nation. And if you disagree with you know the ruling party, you are going to get tagged. Fair enough. Not cool, not legal, but understandable. Problem is, their fingerprints were sent with that flag to the FBI and the New York criminal justice system. Hmm. Because they were meant to be flagged under the same kind of uh, banner as uh, violent right-wing extremists like, oh, I don't know, Catholics that believe in traditional mass. By the way, that one came out too. The uh, FBI had to walk that one back in the past few days because Catholic faithful who believe in a traditional mass are not necessarily known to meet, you know, violent right-wing extremists. What, what was enough. this this traditional mass thing? Uh, Latin mass. As opposed to, like, common English mass or Spanish or whatever oh, okay. the local vernacular is. They're people that just literally just support the traditional Latin mass. Hmm. And they were put on FBI lists, like actual watch lists. It's uh, a little bit draconian, just a, just a little tiny bit. <sighs> but that's, uh, that's the bad news. But, like I said, there is actually a little bit of good news. And we do like to always close on that. So, in a little bit of... Uh, this is going to be a little esoteric. Because it would have been before the show became a thing. But worthwhile saying. There was a uh, suit with Lucky Gunner. Uh, they're, a, uh, they're a company that sells uh, gun accessories. And uh, like they link up to uh, deals and things like that. And they sold ammunition to uh, uh, the fucking guy at the 2018 shooting at the Texas High, high School. Uh, that guy got his ammo from there. And so they tried to sue the company for selling ammunition to this guy. It has been settled. The settlement is that uh, they have to uh, reveal, uh, they have to um, check, uh, do an age verification of any purchaser. Now, 
Lucky Gunner, being an online business, does age verification of every customer and has since day one. So literally nothing has happened other than the fact that they've had to drop tens of thousands of dollars in this suit that's been going on for almost five years to uh, finally win against the uh, anti-rights people over at every town for uh, gun control. Mm. So the settlement uh, is basically like, all right, well, do this thing. And they're like, we already fucking do that. Like, fucking fine, whatever. And then they're they're screaming and shouting like, we won, we won. They have to do all these things. But yeah, they, they never broke a law. They never did anything wrong. But instead of fighting this out and being bled dry of more thousands and thousands of dollars, because at the end of the day, that was the uh, purpose of this lawsuit. It was entirely created just to try and bleed them dry. They have essentially won, which is a, a kind of a kind of a good thing. All right, now what was the other one? This one, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's good news or bad news, but this is kind of funny news. So um, let me, uh, I'll drop this one in here because it's it is just generally kind of funny. I'll put this in staff chat for you here. But um, what happened is there's this uh, there's this guy. He's got uh, got a degree, you know, as as we all know, you have to have a degree to get forward in the world of today. This fella, he had, uh, I think maybe even two, had uh, a psychology degree and a women's studies degree. So you can imagine that uh, he had a lot to offer. Anyway, uh, this uh, this homeless fella was uh, found breaking into places and was held at gunpoint in Chicago by uh, my lady and then uh, later taken in by the police. So, yeah, this happened a few days ago. I don't know if it's, like I said, I don't know if it's a good story or a bad story, but uh, basically this guy made a lot of bad decisions since at least, I'm going to say, college, and it uh, led down a dark path. So I would avoid that. Uh, I would avoid that, dear chat and dear listeners. This is bad for you. So think about if you're going to get a degree, maybe something in STEM. You know. If you're going to get a degree, get an engineering degree can't get an engineering degree go learn a trade yep we're always going to need welders and we're uh we're always going to need people to pour concrete and dig ditches you'd be surprised how good the money in digging ditches is you'd be even more surprised at how the janitor at the school goes home and laughs his ass off every day at his fat paycheck that the teachers don't get well, you know, it, it was it's kind of interesting too because and I've experienced this men in particular and this is this is very general. Men in particular were object-oriented creatures. It's part of our psychology. Um we therefore we gain satisfaction out of object-oriented uh you know interactions which tends to be skills and crafts and traits. It's not to say that women can't do it. It's just, you know, that's that's most men will gain a, a gain a certain advantage of it. And I was talking to somebody who I'd never met today. Uh, we had a chowder fest up here and uh, lots of fun. Went out to that. Uh, met up with a, a friend of mine who was there and he had a bunch of other friends and one of his single guy friends turn around and he's uh, he's on unemployment right now uh, because he is a seasonal employee All right. and this guy he works for a company that does 
landscaping and botanical maintenance and whatnot. Um, and basically he decided, uh, this is his first year working there. He was on unemployment for a while. My, my buddy talks about fun employment and all the rest of these things all the time. But you talk to this kid independently. This kid turns around. He's decided to go back to school. He wants to get a degree. And the, the reason he wants to get his degree and his primary motivation for going for his bio degree is to get into a forestry program so that he can take a forestry job. And he turned around and he basically said that, the set, you know, I, I, I spent the entire year working outside and I can't stand being out inside anymore. Like, I just can't stand it as, okay. as, as much as there were bad days and whatnot. Like I'm, I'm not at home. I'm not on my couch. I don't play video games anymore because I'd rather just be outside hiking. Uh, and so he's got the winner to do that. And that's the same kind of thing. When we start talking about trades and human psychology, um, well, that's we a perfect example of why you should go to why you should go to school and get a particular degree. Well, it's not necessarily why you should go to school, but it's a perfect example of. Uh, well, maybe not why you why should, but you why a person to would have a plan when you do go to school. Oh yeah, and, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, like don't... if you again, I, I go back to the if you can't if you can't hack it at engineering, that's fine. A lot of people can't. You know, only about 5% of the population, uh, 5 to 7% of the population is capable of being engineers, and usually only 5% of them graduate. Um, so so there's going to be 95, 90, 93 to 95% of people who can't be engineers. It's just, you know, it's, it's outside their scope. But there are plenty of other opportunities that will provide you with fulfilling jobs and great pay and more time off than I have. And I, uh, I would, I, you know, I, I give credit to this kid for turning around and choosing that, you know, he doesn't really want to do landscaping type stuff anymore. He wants to get paid a little bit more. Um, but he has put in a plan with his sole goal being that he doesn't have to work at a desk. And in that regard, I bet you he will be happier long term than I will be. It's entirely possible. Entirely. Because I like working outside too. Well, who knows? You know, uh, maybe in a couple more years, you get a job installing a small, small modular reactor somewhere. <laughs> well, you know, they, they, I I always get constant people trying to hire me. Um, if if it wasn't for loving the area that I I I'm in, and as as bad as New York is in terms of taxes, and all of the aesthetic for the rules, uh, New York is a very diverse state in terms of the government that you're under and our local governments do have a greater influence in our day-to-day life than our state government, um, which is good. So I live in an area that is well-maintained. My taxes, uh, while my taxes are excessive and I'd like less of them to be spent on the city. Uh, you know, I have great parks. I have good roads. I have, uh, you know, a decent, you know, fire and an EMS and police system. So I've got a proposal for you. If you could choose to have your tax dollars, whatever portion, like, um, whatever portion goes to benefits and all the stuff that makes your area better, whatever that would take for however many years it would take to wall off New York City and uh, patrol the waters around it, would you do that? Uh... <laughs> 
I mean, it's not going to be infinity. You're, you're only going to have to do it for a couple of years. Once the walls are built, so, you know, so, you've only got to pay the you know I, salaries of the guards. I've been here for eight years. Eight or nine years at this point. 2014, so... Nine years. Shit. Been here for nine years. And, uh... I have been to the city once. In the nine years. It's it's only a few hours away, right? Like, it's, it's two to three hours away. I could go to New York City every weekend if I wanted to. Hell, driving... I used to... When I first got out here, I had to drive back and forth to... Massachusetts, and that was a four-hour four-hour drive. From that. that being said, I don't know if I would wall off the city. I would just really like to do the three-state solution, which was really, really interesting proposal, uh, an interesting amendment proposal to our constitution, where an upstate New York would live and breathe uh, the rules of upstate New York. The city and the five boroughs would live and breathe the rules of the city and the five boroughs. We'd still keep our two senators for the state. One would be for upstate, and the other. And then you'd have this other region for the uh, the western part of the state, because Buffalo and a lot of those those places they're their own like mini subculture. So it'd break the three subcultures of New York into their three respective territories. We would share our uh we would uh, our revenue would be split into those respective territories our representatives would be split as they are normally and our state government would basically just coordinate between those three territories i thought that was a really good solution well i mean with new york and california basically anything other than what's happening would be better almost anything i I don't think you could do worse it, so, so you know, and I, I, I understand everybody sits there and looks at New York, and they talk about this crazy shit that's happening in New York. That is not happening in New York. That is happening in New York City. Sure. New York City is is not New York State. Oh, yeah, it and is, all the shit that's happening in California is essentially happening in SoCal. Yeah, I, I it is, it is not... We are... Uh, we're not we're not the same thing and we shouldn't be regarded as the same thing. We shouldn't be tarred with the same brush. New York's a great place to be if you uh I, I again the city kind of fucks up the tax system a little bit, but um I lived in Massachusetts and Massachusetts I paid the similar a similar rate of taxes and I had shittier everything. Hmm. So you're you're we're dealing with like Roosevelt era parks out here. Uh and that is it is amazing. Right, like it, it is, they they have they are preserving unique natural features of the landscape uh, out here with one of our state parks, and at the same time they have a whole bunch of public facilities uh, that are making money that funds the park, so it, it it works out really well. We're just we're just not like the city, so I wouldn't want to wall off the city. I just you know I just want them out of my daily life. That's hmm. all I want. Right. Well, that's, uh, that's like, very diplomatic of you, sir. Well, I mean, you know, I, 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 I am a classical liberal, right? I'm not conservative. I, uh, I very firmly. So, so I think back, back in the 2020 era, there was some report that came out and said that civil war is probably going to happen. The right will will win, and it will be devastating for whatever. And the left will be held under a conservative rule, 
uh, but they'll still be free to do all their own shit. And that I think that's a great, a great idea and a great system. Yeah, right. right? Like, oh, they, you can just live your life underneath of the system that basically says live your life. Yes, I like. I love going to Burlington, Vermont. Love it. It is. They have good food. They have all kinds. There's some some great beer out there. There's some awful beer out there, but there's some great beer out there. Uh, you know, I I like what liberals bring to the table. I really do. They they you know liberals and leftists are very creative people. The problem with very creative people is like. 97% of all things that are create that create 90% 97% of all creative output is complete fucking garbage. Right? It's just complete garbage. It it has no value. It detracts from everything. It it will literally make everything worse and we probably shouldn't spend money on it. But that 3%, man, that 3% that makes it through is 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 amazing. And when you start talking about a capitalist economy, that 3%, it, it is what allows us to grow and thrive and change and inform our society. So what we really want is we want these liberals and we want these leftists in our society. We just don't want them to have any power. We don't want them running things. We want them doing what we, – we don't want them to have power over other people. We want them to have power over their own lives and control over their own lives. Uh, and we absolutely want the inputs and the products that they, they output – but uh, they, we also want them to acknowledge that maybe they're not the best at, like, keeping things stable and effective and making people's lives better. Yeah, they're very good at making people's lives worse. I practiced at it, you could say. They also put out some pretty good pizza. Well, diversity you know? is our strength, don't you know? Diversity is our strength. But oh, man, that reminds me... Oh, man, that reminds me of a joke that, uh, that an AI told before it was told not to allow those jokes anymore. And mm. uh, oh, what was it? What was the difference between black cities and white cities? It was like, uh, what was it? Uh, white cities don't have murders and black cities have good food. Mm. That's a pretty funny joke, you know. I bet you that's probably true. Well, yeah, that, that's, well, the best jokes, man. I, I guess I've been to Philly, and Philly has pretty good food. It's funny how that works, man. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, I understand that we have English roots, uh, and English food is terrible. <laughs> I also like I, I have uh, we actually have great food culture where we are, and most of our area is completely white. Um, so I, it's probably not as not a universal truth, but oh yeah, I you find you find that roadside barbecue joint. And you see a really, really hefty black guy there. You're like, yeah, this is gonna be just probably the best I oh, have yeah. ever if you, had. If you look at that guy, and it's like, oh, that man has probably got heart disease and like diabetes. <laughs> it's like this food. You, you know, you know, you're in for a good time. You uh, know it. You do. You do. I, I, and it's, it's the same thing. Like when you pull up to a Chipotle, and like the fat chick. Has is serving somebody else, and a thin, little, tiny, scrawny, thin girl comes up, and you're like, "Ah, fuck! I ain't gonna get good portions." Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> that chick doesn't have any appreciation for food. Ah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, just love natural. me some fat chicks when they're serving me food. Just, uh, well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Except maybe Hooters, but that's different. 
but I don't know if I've ever actually been to Hooters. God. But I don't even go to restaurants hardly. You've never been to Hooters? I don't think so. So I've never been to a strip club. DJ at one uh, of those. We... What's that? I DJed at one of those. Did you really? Yeah. How was that? What What's it like being in a strip club? Um, like I've had being, access to well, pussy since there's... I was like eighteen, and it's been nonstop. There's always been some. Uh, so I, like, there's no. I have no curiosity or need to see women taking their clothes off because I always have a woman around me who's taking her clothes off. And I have since I was like 18. Well, there's two experiences there. The one is going to a strip club and the other is being at a strip club. So being at a strip club as an employee is not the same at all. It's... um. It's almost kind of Lynchian, you know, because uh, being behind the uh, behind the veil on all that is very well. Odd. That's what I'm curious about. Like, now, what that is it said, like behind the veil? Um, in ways achingly normal, in that you know you're just working with a bunch of people and you chat every day, and you know you have your job and the dumb bullshit that you got to do. But then there's the the part of my job where I'm, you know, playing music for women to come up and take off their clothes and have money thrown at them too. So, uh, it's very bizarre. Also getting to, uh, interact with some of the most entitled women I have ever interacted with in my entire life. Really? Kind of I always figured they were like, kind I always figured a stripper would be down to earth. Like I, like they know what they're doing. But, like, at the same time, yes, that comes with a... I will say that there were a few women like that. That was not the majority. Really? Really. It calls for a kind of... Uh, it calls for a kind of narcissistic person. I, I mean, I understand that it does. But, so, like, again, and I, I've turned around one of the first, first shows. We turned around and said... I know how much a fucking stripper makes. Like, I wish I was born a chick because I'd be a stripper. And and that's true. I stand by that. I, I would absolutely whore myself out for money because, A, I like sex. And, B, if I got paid for sex, that would be just even better. But, uh, you know, at the same time, I just – I imagine that there is I, – I always figured that was the majority of the personalities there. Uh, you know, everybody casts it as damaged goods, and I'm sure there's some of that there. Um, or like psychologically damaged individuals, and I'm sure that's there's some of that there. Yes, but I never really expected it to be entitled people. Oh, right. Actually, yes, very much. Really, there's a. I, I've ran across uh, some of the most entitled human beings ever in my life that I've encountered there. Like, um, like uh, one girl, I, I believe it was Diamond that she went by. I think, and she expected everything. I, I will really? have this, and I will have this, and I will do things my way, and it will be done this way. Uh, she was whoring around, just in case you're curious. I and, mean, most of them do, right? Like, that side um, income for them. Not really. Not where I worked. Really? Yeah, I worked. I actually worked at, like, a, a nice place, not one of those shitty ones where it's like, you pay the money, you go in the back, and whatever. I, I always assumed that, 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 that like, like, again, some girls won't, but I always assumed it was 50 to 75% of strippers probably use, uh, whore themselves out on the side. Uh, I couldn't say about other places, but 
where I worked, not really, not really at really? all. Yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty above board. I mean, you know, as a strip club goes. Oh yeah, I mean, you know. like yeah, really? I mean, it's a strip club, so it is what it is. But yeah, I mean, now we had a manipulative women that worked there. Absolutely, uh, we had. Um, it was a lady by the name of uh, Elaine. She was great, classy, classy broad, like um, smart lady, uh, older chick. Kept herself in really good shape, and you know, just it's like the uh, I don't I don't know how to explain it. Like uh, kind of like that noble whore from a from a fantasy novel or something. I mean, that's not what's what's her name. Um... From Firefly, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, uh, like that chick, you know, like uh, uh, real classy. She was in the courtesan, but yeah, the courtesan. But I can't remember what her actual name is because she plays that same role in a lot of different films. But yeah, so I actually like, suspect uh, that's her personality archetype. Could be, but you know, uh, Elaine was a uh, you know just a classy broad that wanted to. Uh, she enjoyed doing the work. She did her taxes. You know, she was like a legit independent contractor, totally above board, totally decent person, a regular human being. And there were about, there were two regular human beings. Marina Bakarin. Yes. Oh, okay. That's what her name was. There, That's what her actual name is. Gotcha. But yeah, there were two women there that, that were basically just ordinary people. Uh, there was Elaine, and I can't remember the other girl's name. And she was just a normal girl that actually uh, she had her degree, and well, much like uh, Mercedes, it's like you know I've got a decent body, I I can make money off of this. I've got this degree, and you know in a few years I'll probably fall back on it, but I can make a lot of money and make my life you know a lot easier for now. And she's a decent chick. Now, you know, I got out of there after a while, so I don't know what's happened with any of these people. But, hey. Well, it's, you know, I just, I I understand that it requires a certain personality archetype to do that. Uh, But I always assumed that, you know, I, obviously there's going to be some sociopaths in that mix. And there's probably going to draw more female sociopaths than you would normally expect in the general female population. But I, I, I always kind of assumed that there was a, a higher de- a higher order of rationality in that population solely because it requires less emotional attachment to social norms. And so I always assumed it was an intellectual – not an intellectual, but like a uh, – Reasoned, an, you could say. A reasoned, a reasoned approach to your life. It, right, you that understand that you're, you're selling sexuality, but now that, like I say, that hasn't been my experience. It's been about ten years. Don't know. Well, I a lot change. has changed in the last ten years, but that's you know, the world's oldest profession is the world's oldest profession, goes, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. The psychological makeup who goes of those who choose to be strippers is not going to change. No, you might have just basically expanded the access a little bit. That's about the Maybe. biggest difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting, interesting, yeah. interesting. Oh, I've, but I have been to a Hooters, um, and it was kind of so. So I again, and I've tried to, I've tried to explain this to one of my 
uh, single friends. There's this kid at work. He's a, he's a, and he acts like a man child. I feel really bad for him because he has he's never been laid, mm. uh, never been kissed. I I don't even understand. Like I had sexual partners lining up at 18, and I'm not like something that's spectacular. So somebody who's never been late i always just figured it was like <laughs> there's definitely chicks that have been like any any dick in the storm right like <laughs> you have to sit there sit there and send them away because they're just crazy crazy bitches and you really just don't want to deal with that uh like there's just too much drama because they're they're chasing penis so i always assumed that was that was everybody's experience my understanding is that it's not and uh and and one of the kids i work with acts like a man child and it is very disheartening to listen to like his attempts to go dating. But uh, one of the things I, I've I've dealt with with him and tried to like talk him through is that, that you got to learn how to talk to women. And uh, I always thought that the when you start talking about like talking to women, that's that's always been important. So we went to Hooters. And because I was talking to the waitresses, not in a, hey, hot stuff or anything like that, they just, like, basically came and sat down at the table. Like, one came down and sat down at the table and just, like, you know, she kind of, not not super conversational, but she was, like, playing on her phone because she could chill in the back corner where we were. And then, like, the other waitresses just came and kind of sat down with us and, like, chilled out with us, which was kind of... <laughs> like you have you got a couple nerds because we were doing um god i was down in miami at the time and uh, i was down there working for subcontracting for google uh and uh and, and that was that was pretty great like they were right around the corner from the hotel so we went to hooters i'd never been to hooters i was like you know i i told my wife i was going to hooters she's my wife goes used to go to strip clubs all the time so I'm the only one who's never been to a strip club. So I thought it was being risque by going to Hooters and, you know, make her all. She just didn't care at all in any way, shape or form. So we go there and, and we're just chilling out with all the Hooters girls because it was later at night. So they didn't have a lot of a lot of clients. You know, it wasn't it was, I, I tip no more than the standard tipping rate that I do do anywhere else. But they were just chilling with us. And they were just chilling with us because, like, you talk to them and you talk to them like a normal person, and it doesn't matter how hot the chick is, uh, most of them will happily sit down and have a conversation with you if you're willing to have a conversation with them. If you're willing to treat them like people, uh, hot chicks will will dig that because they don't get enough of being treated like people. Hmm. Good advice. I think. Tis true. Yeah, I uh, I am probably not the best authority on uh, interacting with people, having been utterly broken for a larger portion of my, well, the entirety of my adult life until recently. So you know, still working on those issues, but yeah. I uh, I am nowhere near as bad off as uh, this poor fellow that you've described. Yeah, I man child that's never been kissed or is still a virgin, like. like that's really rough. It, you know, so so like to go into it, uh, just to dive into my my sexual history, right? So my first girlfriend, she was black and hopey. Um, so obviously, like I came into it completely naive, completely naive about dating and sex and all the other stuff. Like I knew what I knew what the outcome was, but I had girlfriends starting in like the second and third grade. 
I had girls. <laughs> I even had a girlfriend who would date me in private, but not in public. And then girls that were like, so I was just used to it. Hmm. Um, and like girls were my platonic friends all growing up. So I got very comfortable talking to the opposite sex. It was just, it was just what I did. But like my first girlfriend was black and black and Hopi. And, uh, and, and I remember like I put her through months of mental torture because we had this great little like, Hey, it's my girlfriend in high school. And I had, I was just not thinking like that. That was just not, I'm a sex addict and I wasn't thinking about sex. It's just, it's just how, how it is with me. Um, I, I, I have a, a horny por portion of my life and that horny portion of my life is a perpetual state of being, but it doesn't like intrude in all of the other intellectual pursuits that I do. So, so, and I think that might actually be some of the appeal is that like, a woman will know that she will be sexualized and, and there's an aspect of women that likes being sexualized, but she also knows that she won't be sexualized entirely because I have other shit to do. Um, Fair. So, so my, my, I felt really bad for my first, I, I really, I still do. I look back on how I, how I be, she turned around and uh, we were sitting there and we were chatting and it was on aim back when AOL, it's the messenger was a thing. And, uh, and we're, we're, we're talking back and forth, and she was singing Voulez vous coucher avec moi ce soir, right? Uh, which is a song came on the radio. She was big into music. She always had music playing. Sure. You know, when we had sex, she had music playing. When, when she, we weren't having sex, she had music playing. She was just one of those, one of those people. Uh, Disney films, the whole bit. Um, and I remember her turning around so that she, she was singing the song while I was off doing either video games or building a spreadsheet for something or whatever the hell it was that I was doing. And she turned around and said, so, Steve. And I'm like, what? What up? And she's like, I'm like, wait, I, you know, I spoke French. Uh, so, so I was like, okay, well, why would I come over to your house tonight? Right? We're not in the same state. That doesn't make any sense. It's just like, no, you know what it means. Do you want to have sex? <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? Like, and it was it was months, months and months of me like wringing my hands over whether or not I wanted to have sex with the chick that I was I was into at the time. Hmm. Uh, months, months of being like, oh my god, let's talk through all of the potential scenarios of what happens during during this. I felt so bad. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds a little weird. It was, it was intense. Like I feel, I, I feel bad for my wife. I, I, my wife and I have been together uh, since 2006, so we're we're at 17 years now. Um, and it's just about 17 years, pretty much next month, I guess, is when we first started talking. And so, so all of the intensity, all of the hand wringing, all of all of that stuff, she's had to tolerate too, because again, I was progressive when I met her. Right, mm. so affirmative consent was was an actual practice that I used for. for oh God, sex. that sounds horrifying. <laughs> yeah, like could you imagine that? Oh, it, that's the cringiest thing about ever. It it is it is super cringy, and I used to do it all the time. <laughs> I oh, can't dude. even tell you. I can't even tell you oh. how many. So 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 you you go through you go through this whole entire thing. It is super cringy. It is, and you shouldn't do it because. They don't like it. No woman, no, no really? self-respecting woman 
wants you to ask her if she's okay with fucking you. <laughs> especially especially when she's already naked on the bed. <laughs> like, yeah, dude, come on. Uh, read I'm, the room. I'm not a, I would I would ask every step of the goddamn way. Every single step of the goddamn way. I'd be like, I'm going to touch you now. <laughs> I was the cringiest, cringiest fucking boyfriend in the world back in the day. Now it's like, okay, I've been two days without. Go upstairs. <laughs> but back then, it used to be like asking permission for everything, and they'd be like, "Look, you already have all of my clothes off. You're on top of me. What do you? <laughs> if I didn't want this, I would have told you no a long time ago." Yeah, yeah, that's kind of how that whole thing is supposed to work. It it, it is. It's uh, but it's it's kind of funny. But it, it's I feel so bad for this kid. So he, you know, I I actually one of the reasons I went out there today was he uh, he turned around and and was actually going out to go meet a girl. He 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 is so terrified, which I can understand because he doesn't hasn't talked to women sure. right but he was so terrified he was going out so i went to congratulate him so it always surprises me when you start talking about the other side of things which is the sex worker industry and the sex worker people and the people who interact with them like yourself right like what's that like when you get to peer back the veil like i i, I know i talked to carrera but that's been years since i did that sure and, you know. yeah it's uh, i mean you've got some regular people but mostly, you've got narcissists, huh? Of some variety or another. That's oh, crazy, man. man! Like uh, the porn stars that came through, because we'd have like uh, every other week we'd have like some featured uh, stripper that was like a porn star or something, and without fail, all except for one were fucking head cases. Really? Yeah. Even wow. the midget. Wow. Especially the midget. The, the midget? Oh, dude. She was fucking batshit, man. <laughs> fucking batshit. <laughs> like in the back talking about, don't let no black people near me. You know, all kinds of shit. Like, oh, oh man. Amongst other things. It's like. It... <laughs> and then she got really drunk and she like wanted to take the bouncer back to the fucking hotel. And it was, it was very, uh, a very cringy experience. Like I, I'm sure that I'm sure that once you're dealing with like porn stars, um, I am sure that overwhelmingly they are very comfortable with sex, and so probably at a level that uh, most people are not. Again, I'm I'm you know my my doctor thinks I'm a sex addict, so I'm very comfortable with sex. Sex comes up as part of my daily conversation. Uh, when I interact with people, it's just it's just part of like it's not a it's not a, a naughty thing to me. It's just you know it's like breathing water or breathing air. And, I hope it's more like water. that. Yeah, for some people it's like breathing breathing water, but for me it's like breathing air and drinking water. It's like it's just what you do. Like yeah. it's part of the human experience. And it's one of the things that when you start talking about like pride stuff, right? I actually I, I really as as much as I'm you know, anti-trans that has more to do with the, the genital mutilation, sterilization of children, fucking around with uh, the neurochemistry of children, which I'm even hesitant to do for 
psychopharmaceuticals such as like ADHD meds. But you know, start talking about hormone you don't replacement give meth to shit kids? like that. What? I well, you know, I was a meth kid, right? Like I, you I know, mean, I had I'll, my I'll admit, I was on uh, Ritalin. And yeah, then I, I was on Ritalin. I, I went on Adderall and, and Ritalin. So, so like I, I've been there, and and I question how much of uh, how much of the medication that I received early on was due to trying to manage males, just from a societal perspective, and how fucked up our society is because we tried to do that. But you dive into. Uh, you dive into that kind of stuff. That's where I have an issue. When you start talking about the LGBT folks, if they want to talk about sex, I have no issue with that. I mean, it doesn't do anything for me, but you know, power to them. Uh, and I, 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 where I run into issues is when they start not extending the same courtesy uh, to their sexual identity as they, they, they want to themselves. You'll, you'll sit there and you'll get like companies that'll do a pride banner and somebody on the, 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 the the religious side will in the criticize West, it. Well, in the West, they'll do a pride banner. Let's be clear. In the West. True for their you know Eastern European and Arabian you know versions and their Chinese versions, they will not. This is true, but um, I don't have an issue with it. It doesn't phase me. But you'll you'll still <coughs> sit there and you'll get people who will turn around and and go all hog wild against the Christians. And my response to that is, you know, you 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 want to have your sexuality aired out in the in public. I think that's great. You know, power to you, right? I I think that I think that 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 sex and politics and religion are things that should be discussed at work because work occupies a third of our our you know adult life, right? It, 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 we sleep for a third of our, our adult life. Uh, we sleep for a third of our total life, but we uh, we we sleep for a third of our adult life. We we go to work for a third of our adult life, and the rest of it is commuting, taking care of kids, and eating. Um, so to turn around and deny uh, sex and sexuality, which is a, a very important aspect of the human experience, I think is is morally wrong. Yeah, like I think HR is wrong in their their stomping out of what makes us human. Uh, but the consequence of that is that when you choose to sit there and launch a pride banner and a pride flag on your company's homepage and you get some criticism from the religious folks that you and you go start reporting them to HR, well, guess what, motherfucker? Like, you have chosen to occupy this space. You have chosen to present your ideas, uh, and, and and because of that... You've chosen to expose this aspect of yourself, which I think is good, but the consequence of that is that when other people respond in kind, and I think that religion is no different than sexuality in this regard, you shouldn't be upset about it. Oh, you need yeah. to turn around and say, yeah, well, we're going to agree to disagree. I like, you know, if a dude is there, I like taking dicks in my ass. Congratulations to you, bro. And that religious person might be offended. Well, congratulations to you. I don't fucking care. Not my not my beef. I don't take offense to the fact that you like a dick in your ass, and I don't take an offense to the fact that they praise a, an imaginary sky fairy who grants wishes. Right? Like, that's just not the way it works for me. Mm, yeah, well, fair enough. But we've been here a bit, and... We have. As I like to close on a, uh, a good note, we've got... Uh, now... I should preface a little bit because um, 
it looks like Ron DeSantis is being groomed to be a uniparty member, which is incredibly unfortunate. Is he? It looks that way. Now, if he actually goes all in on the grooming, I mean, it could be that he's just taking the money from the people that are uniparty people. But then again, you know, uniparty people don't surround somebody unless they feel like they're going to get their money's worth. But either way, he's doing good works, and man, he seems like a hell of a governor. And with that said, uh, there's um, there's a very good chance that the Reedy Creek Improvement District is going to fall under state control and completely out of Disney control. They uh, passed a bill just this last week that uh, will give the governor control of the Reedy Creek Improvement District. So, as we've talked about before, in this place where they have astounding levels of control, like they could just straight up build a nuclear reactor tomorrow, they're going to have to start paying taxes. And that's absolutely fascinating and pretty damn good, because Disney has, uh, well, they've long since crossed the line and move beyond uh, the Magic Kingdom into some garish mutation of what they uh, ever might have meant, uh, meant to be. I mean, Walt would be utterly disgusted with what his company has been made into. So. Uh, well, I mean, let's let's not sit there and put Walt Disney on a pedestal. Like, that dude was a racist motherfucker. Like, I, was anything I just and, said wrong? And, he would be I'm disgusted not, not, with what I'm his company has become. I'm just not saying that he's the metric by which we should measure uh, historical relevancy. Uh, well, historical relevancy, absolutely, it is. Like, but perhaps he hated. So, so I got I got this guy at work, right? You know, we, we're all used to leftists being leftists, right? They uh, they they have this straw man of uh, conservatives and libertarians. That they like to beat up on, right? I, I think that's fair. Do you think that's fair? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. I, I there's one guy at work who is that straw man. Oh, now wow. I'm not sure whether it's bravado or like he actually does this because he turned around and told me that he put the when he put the ring on his wife's finger he turned around to her and told her that she was his personal property. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure that went over fucking well. Like, so I don't, I don't, and then you know he simultaneously came up to me somebody who's been with the same woman for 17 years um and and was like so what do i do for valentine's day as an individual who's newly married i'm like okay so here's what you do uh so i'm not sure how how true his his bravado statements is but he is all of the things that we criticize from the left and that is or the the, the left criticizes of the right he is the imaginary straw man they make other people out to be um and it's just it's very strange to see, but at the same time, I don't think those kinds of people who either legitimate, who certainly if they legitimately hold those views, I don't think those people should be taken seriously and uh, and held up as cultural cultural marquees of what we believe. And Disney is right in that category. I mean that that dude was a bundle of like he hated the Jews, he hated Anders hated everybody and you're like oh my god you read his actual stuff you, you start talking he is he is a bad thing like i don't hate black people in any way shape or form but you read his stuff it is scathing scathing awful shit well there's a reason that uh you know there was a 
there was a way that Disney was run for the longest time. Well, that's one way to it look was, at it. Uh, it was made for an American audience. Well, true, but I would not... Uh, With American demographics at the time of creation. Turning around and saying that he would be rolling over in his grave at the company as it is... Is not inaccurate. I, it's, it's not, not inaccurate. It's not at all. It's not inaccurate, but that doesn't mean that that's a bad thing. Uh, like, I mean, it is, I, I, but, I don't think, but it's I don't also think, not. I get, you. I get you. It is, but it's not a bad thing because he's rolling over in his grave, right? It's it's a bad thing because of, of like... Which, by the way, we whatever, all know that he's not rolling Walt over Disney in his grave. Disney believed they've decided to take the axiometric opposite, but yeah, that doesn't like mean that... Like, protect children, you know, raise healthy families. It, well, well, actually, no, just, no, they are. They're giant racists, too. They just hate white people now. So it's funny. Although, what, they're laying off 7,000 employees? Yeah, and they've got some people coming in that kind of want to make money, so we might see an end of this woke bullshit. That's, or at least that they dial it back to 90s levels. So so this is this is what I hope for. And, and I think hope is important for our audience and for society in general. I hope against all hopes that uh you know capitalism and free markets allow us to naturally overcome uh ideologues because we don't want ideologues running our shit we just don't that being said i am absolutely surprised at how long it takes for people to start intervening when ideologues are running shit into the ground. Yeah, I uh, I keep seeing bad news and asking myself when are good people going to do the right thing. Well, you know, I wonder I wonder if the reason that we have the societal problems that we do is because of the Federal Reserve interventions in 2008. Right? Imagine for a moment that you go back to 2008 where things were actually pretty good. Like, like, realistically speaking, we had defeated the religious right. right. They, they were no longer influential at the level of, hey, we're going to fuck other people's day up just because we disagree with it. So that was kind of gone. And uh, on top of that, uh, we had largely, like, we didn't have this wokeism on the left. I gotta wonder, the implementation of quantitative easing and unlimited money at zero expense did this create the scenario that we see before us today no wherein individuals who have these kind of really really bizarre identities uh are got free reign over the economic system that they shouldn't have had uh, solely because the money was cheap. So it didn't actually... Like, the, turning a profit is easier when your interest rates are 0% uh, or negative. I think quantitative easing actually made them negative at, at some point for, for a few few months here and there. But, like, imagine for a moment that you pause and you look back and you say, hey, what if we turned around and had money cost a reasonable percentage interest rate for this entire period of time? Would these woke companies been able to blow off 
you know, 25, 30, 50 percent of their customer base in the hopes that they can sit there and, and make some sort of social progress and change. And I think that what we're, what we're well, going to end up seeing to is, that is yes. The nuanced answer is they wouldn't be able to do it without assistance. Well, and that's the thing. Like the Federal Reserve provided that. Like the sole well, reason that we probably have reserve necessarily. You know, we've oh, got the t- open. Yeah, we've got like yeah. Open Societies Foundation. We've got these other things that throw money at destroying countries and economies. So I yep. mean, it would come from somewhere else, but it would be nice if it didn't come from the fucking central planning. If I'm it, being it, honest, it would. Know. It would like I. I really do wonder if we would be in a better spot had the had we just turned around and said, "Oh, let the failures fail." Let the failures fail. Yeah, and and walk out of that. And if say, there had hey, been, if there was no and, and too big just, to fail, yeah, that would have been that. That not, is capitalism not just fiscally, at work, right? Like I'd be paying more right now for my house uh, because my my percentage interest rate would be higher, but at the same time. I'd also probably be getting paid more as a result of that, and I'd have a higher disposable income because there would be that capital aspect that would would result in us having to negotiate higher wages. And then on the the social front, these crazy ideas, which are very discriminatory against personality types, would be essentially negated. Because at at the end, I I thought we were in a pretty good place in the early two thousands. Oh, we were. I'm not saying it was it was ideal. Or there there wasn't stuff to work on. I, and and even well, actually, the if the- if we look at it as uh, as of September tenth, two thousand and one, we were in a great place. Yeah. And then something oh. happened. Yeah. I I would even go. I would actually a- a- extend it beyond that, though. Oh sure, you know, yeah. I, in I the, would go in, in the immediate aftermath. You know, it it was pretty promising and then you know we got the patriot act and the ndaa and yeah, you know, yeah. new forever wars and you know some, but, but and somebody's got to protect those poppies in afghanistan pause for a moment and consider like 2007 right we're right. not going to talk about 2008 because 2008 was fucked but let's talk about 2007 2007 and, and, and even 2006 uh, you could walk into a company that y- you could turn around and be in a position where you were looking for a job. You could walk to a company and say, hey, I'm interested. They would have you fill out an application and you would be hired that day. That actually happened to me pretty much every time I applied to a job. They would hire me that day. Um, so this so this is 2006-2007 time frame. They would also throw money at you. Like insane levels of money at you. Now pause and consider the sociocultural aspects at the time. We had what were the shows that we were looking at? What were some of the top performing shows that people were actually paying for? Not the stuff that was paid for by by Pfizer, right? But the stuff that people were paying for. We we can look at HBO. We had Penn and Teller's bullshit. You know what? Actually, hold on. Just just one quick second. Speaking of Pfizer paying for things, I would just like to make a note of the. Uh, Halftime show of the Super Bowl was also brought to you by our dear friends at Pfizer. If you didn't get a oh, chance to see enough. that wonderful show. Anyway, do please continue. Well, isn't the Super Bowl tomorrow? Oh, yeah, I guess it is, isn't it? Oh, wait, no. Well, oh, the Grammys. The Grammys, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we, we had Penn and Teller's bullshit. There was Adam Ruins Everything. 
we had uh, debates over evolution at, at the time. We were debating the, the ethical ramifications of stem cells. These are fantastic cultural points of uh, uh, points to be at. Right, we're we're talking about we're talking about medical ethics. We're talking about biological ethics in in our science, where we're not sitting there enforcing anything on people. We're we're saying, hey, should we actually should we actually pursue this research or not pursue this research? That's a great thing. That's a great freaking thing. And uh, you start digging into some of the other the other aspects that we were dealing with at the time, and this is stuff that people were paying for separately. We're we're paying for this debunking. We were paying societally for the debunking of common cultural narratives through Adam ruins everything uh, or Penitilla's bullshit. Uh, I there is no show that I am aware of that is in that same kind of vein of. An individual doing a fact-finding mission as part of a 30-minute episode on an entire subject, right? Well, there uh, that, is, unfortunately. And what, as many what things... Episode, what episode? What does it? Well, as, as many things that go long in the tooth and well past their expiration date, it has done just that. That would be Thunderfoot. And by God, he is there to debunk anything and so, everything so, that Elon Musk does. He's? That is not well. So first off, he's he's not necessarily wrong on a lot of the stuff that Elon Musk is doing. We Maybe. talked about True. that, yeah, right. Like technology-wise, I think I understand why Elon Musk has made the decisions that he has made, but he is technically incorrect, right? Solar is a failed technology. I understand why he's pursuing it, especially if you have a unified vision of space. Uh, there, there is some some application there. Nuclear is better in every regard. Oh sure, yeah. I mean, when you don't have an atmosphere, solar works. Solar works really great when you don't have an atmosphere, or or you know concerns of a two dimensional surface, or essentially a two dimensional surface such as Earth. Earth technically has has is is closer to a perfect sphere than a cue ball, if you'd believe it. Um, so so it so it actually works works pretty well when you don't have to worry about uh, the the two dimensionality or the land surface coverage or anything like that. Are you um, trying to say that we're not living on an oblong spheroid? <laughs> I'm just saying that money that land costs money. Um, so so in space that that's that's less true or. It's not to say it's not to say that it's 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 less true. It will always be true everywhere. However, uh, at the time that we get into worrying about solar panels occupying certain set amounts of space, we're going to start building a Dyson sphere. And by the time we start building a Dyson sphere, <laughs> we're in a whole different level of technology. Yeah, kind of. So. So, so you know, I understand what he's choosing to do because if you if you get rid of the atmosphere, if you get rid of the uh, the the Earth's surface constraints, solar actually does pretty well. I'd have to do the calculations on what the attenuation of the atmosphere is. I'm sure it's it's a lot higher than what I think it is, but you'd probably be right now. You have an energy return on energy invested for solar panels of like four to one. Every solar panel will over its lifetime produce four times as much energy as it costs to produce the panel. Um, so, so that's, 
that's that's everybody sits there and says, "Oh, well, it produces more energy than it takes to make." Well, that's not true, right? You start talking about fossil fuels or or nuclear or something like that. They're in the 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 nineties to hundreds range of uh, of of actual energy return on energy invested, whereas solar panels are like four. So I understand the technology that he has chosen, but he does deserve criticism on a lot of that technology. That is not to say that socially speaking, he is in the wrong place. You know, his purchase of Twitter, well, I've heard the, uh, the, the, uh, the phrase of purchase of Twitter as a crime scene is probably pretty accurate. Oh, yeah. But the way I mean to say this, um, it's perfectly encapsulated in his takedown of the recent... Uh, uh, Tesla semi reveal, which was frankly pathetic. Uh, he showed a picture of a Tesla semi with um, with the fairing extended. Are you familiar with the fairing on semi trucks? No. Uh, well, they used well. You know, there's that gap between the cab and the trailer. Like that's just a thing that's there because you know it's, the cab's got to move mm-hmm. and all that, mm-hmm. and the fairing is like a fold out set of aerodynamics. So yep. that, you know, it'll, it cuts through the air better. It makes that empty spot full of stuff that basically the air can flow over instead of getting caught. So it had its fairings extended instead of folding up in the back. So you're looking at the back of this truck and it's got, it's basically just an empty thing with some arms that are holding out panels on the sides and top. And he's like, well, look at the back of this. It's completely empty. It's an empty shell. It's like, dude. Have you, that's the one that really got me because I remember, uh, some years back he was doing tours of the U S of A. He was driving coast to coast. Mm-hmm. How do you drive coast to coast and not see a single back of a semi truck? Like how, it, like, could, couldn't you have just done a, a quick Google search for back of semi and just to say, Oh, oh, they're they're all like that. So, so what's what's your issue? I guess and it's a lot of things, kind of like this. It just seems like he's got a personal issue with Elon, as opposed to actually making rational arguments. Mm. Oh, you talking about Sargon of God? No, I'm talking about Thunderfoot. Oh, sorry, I thought you're right. Thunderfoot is not Carl Benjamin. No, no, he is uh, Phil Mason, I think. Yeah. And he is significant. That's the other thing. This dude is a brilliant fucking scientist. He could be changing the goddamn world. But he's out here like, I debunked this, I debunked that. Oh, I, I did some real science well, to tell you how so, this so, doesn't work. So that's, I, first off, I don't have an issue with Thunderfoot doing that. Oh, I right. really don't. I mean, I, I kind of don't either, but it's like, dude, you could I, be doing I, so much more in the world than this. I, I, I really, I really don't. And again, it, Tesla so so when we start talking about Elon Musk I love Musk I really do I wish I had fuck you money at the levels that Musk did because I would be doing the same thing that he is doing um I wish that I was the child of a emerald mine owner in South Africa because I would probably be, be at least as as competent Musk at that point uh it, the the it, Musk is choosing a 
path. I think what is it? When when you look at his companies, uh, I think the only one that's actually making money is SpaceX, if I remember correctly. Tesla maybe now. I think Tesla might actually be in the black now, but it's it's. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. I know SpaceX yeah. is. And funny SpaceX enough, does. funny enough, I think in 90 days, Twitter is supposed to. Really? Yeah, which is fucking funny as shit. What that is, is too funny. funny. Like, that is really funny. That's so funnier than Hogwarts of, doing. He got rid of CIA money, and he somehow managed to balance the books. That's pretty fucking great. Um, Honestly, yeah. But, like, Solar City is not. No. <laughs> No, not really. I remember. I remember being interested in actually the solar tiles, and they're they are out there actually now, but they're what still solar not, tiles. The solar city thing, like so, tiles for your roof. Oh, oh, okay, got it. Yep. Yeah, and that's apparently become a thing finally in the last two years. Which, to be fair, every single thing that uh, he has promised has not delivered on time. But well, it, that's again. That's I, I rant that's about solar energy yeah. all the time, and how much it's basically failed promises and an utterly worthless technology. Um, but again, I, yeah, Elon, yeah. I, I, I really do, and I think I've actually managed to move Craggles in this regard because when I first came on this show, Craggles was saying, "Hey, yeah, it's useful," but he's actually like based on the stuff that we've talked about and based on the stuff that, that I've presented as evidence has, has, I think, moved his point to, to nuclear. Um, so congratulations me. But at the same time, when we start talking about Solar City, Solar City has... Solar City started as a company that uh, basically would do this contract bidding uh, wherein they would sell the consumer a contract for like twenty years. It was it was really stu- super shady and Sounds super like. shitty. Um, but he's uh, you know Elon Musk does a good job. I understand why he believes in solar panels. I understand why he believes in batteries. Uh, if you're talking about space, these are all the kinds of industries that you should be in, realistically speaking, right? Nuclear energy is pretty great, but you're still gonna you're you know, if I if I'm sitting there and landing something on Mars, I'm not gonna want to have a combustion engine. Fuel cells are gonna be pretty much out. So my choices are gonna be a nuclear powered car or a battery powered car on the surface of Mars. And guess which one I'm gonna choose as as a technological leader? I would choose the same thing Elon Musk is, which is a battery powered. Yeah, hey, sure enough, you can always put that nuke plant farther away and just charge her up. Well, and that's that's kind of the thing is is so and and I understand solar energy, right? So his is his pursuit of solar is flawed in in many regards. Oh shit! Those must be my wife's. I found I found uh, Amazon headphones. Ah, <laughs> uh, I was gonna go make sure my. My car starting battery was charged. Um, so, so the uh, I understand why he's choosing the technologies that he's choosing. They do tend to work very well together, uh, but they're the, you know, solar is my my biggest issue there. Tesla, you run into the same problem. Tesla bat- batteries is not a particularly great technology on Earth. 
uh, it is a good technology on Mars, but it's not a great technology on Earth. Well, um, that said, though, it is a necessary technology. Batteries? Yeah. I don't think so. Uh, I mean, it's useful. It's useful for day to day. Well, okay, uh, we didn't get know, the Tesla wireless power everywhere, so yeah, we could go without it. But you know, we kind of have cell phones now. Cell cell phones is useful. Is is probably the only useful applications of batteries. Sm- smartphones is probably the only useful applications of batteries. Beyond that, it's it's completely useless in our day to day life compared to the abundance of other t- energy technologies. Yeah, well, I uh, agree to disagree because you know we need batteries, and uh, it's either going to be that or supercapacitors, and you know we got to have one or the other. Uh, not really, not for most things. Right, most things. I drive a car. Yeah, but but a car would be use fuels. Right, right, but it has to start. Oh, you're you're talking about that kind of level of energy storage that's yeah, like, not I, i'm not talking about on the grand scheme or the small scheme i just mean got you it. do have got to it. have them like you, like, you do. like my fucking you bios do. battery and, you know. and and by the way by the way t- uh musk sitting there and putting in the effort and coming up with technical solutions to those problems is is actually good oh yeah i, just I mean if, like if his... my bios battery that's on my motherboard could be an actual solid state battery that literally mm-hmm. lasts a hundred years. Fuck yes. Yep. However, the problem that he, I, I, I think that Musk has is he's not looking at scale appropriately when it comes to some of these technologies. Like, well, I mean, he bought Twitter, right? Like, <laughs> Twitter's different. Well, well, yeah, right? but it does kind of speak to his ability to not see scale at first. Yeah, uh, I, that's probably true. You know. So Sargon of Cod or Thunderfoot is criticizing him. What is he criticizing him on? Uh, just anything that he can, really. It seems like he just has a personal dislike of the man. <clears throat> well, I mean, that's that's. And I mean, that's fine, I guess. But it's not difficult you, to do. But couldn't you? I. He treats the man like he treated Ken Ham. I'm not I'm not familiar enough with Thunderfoot to know know that reference. That's probably a bit of a deep cut. Okay, uh Ken Ham is the guy that built the uh the Ark, I think out in Missouri. And like a big creationist guy, made a big creationist museum. Big mm. big Christian grifter. And and uh he got blown out. Uh they actually had the the creationist debate and Thunderfoot totally blew him out. Like absolutely like made him look like an a total fool. Really? Yeah, it was uh, it was great. It's like yeah, creationists were like that. That was one of the biggest oofs they ever had. And then from there, he did a lot of interesting things and a lot of great science. And then he just doesn't like Elon Musk. And I don't know where it really came from. But as soon as he came on the scene with Tesla, he's kind of had an issue with the guy. I mean, to be fair, I'm I'm in the same boat. Right, like I, I really truly am. So Thunderfoot did Solar Roads, right? He did the debunking of Solar Roads. He did. That was a great piece. Yep. Like that was that was really so, good stuff. So I suspect my my uh, attachment to Elon Musk has actually been only very recent. 
That's fair. So if you if you he turn around and you th- like, as far as you're concerned, I could see how he wouldn't be doing anything at all in the world that interests you, other than maybe making PayPal. Uh, no, 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 no. Hold on, pause. Let me pause for the moment. He does all kinds of things that interest me, but they also repulse me. Right? I am, I am at, and I am antithetical to his views on the only thing that he has done that I, I think is value. He's done two things of value. Right? One is SpaceX. SpaceX is is the probably one of the greatest contributions to mankind that anyone has made and so he absolutely deserves credit for that the second thing that he deserves credit for is buying twitter that's it mm-hmm. all of the rest of the shit that he's involved in is basically worthless and doesn't actually contribute value and is a drain on his overall stock price so like if i could turn around and invest in elon musk and De- well maybe the boring company i might actually go <laughs> I mean, he Just did make the I process like a little bit more efficient. I, I and and I, you know, again, I think we've talked about we talked about before he launched the boring company as a literal boring company uh, to bore into things. I think we talked about uh, very very early on in this podcast that the the only real effective way that I saw of dealing with space was physical tunnel boring machines being utilized on the moon and other planets as a means of establishing a base. Yeah, it's, it's just the most reasonable thing. And then if we do look at the uh, cargo space inside of the Falcon, boy, I'll tell you what, one of those boring machines just just happens to well, fit inside of there. Well, and that's that's the thing is I think the one thing that, that so Musk came in with a diamond mind or his, his emerald mind from his family. So he had couple million dollars startup cap well he came in with paypal also well that, that so he started with a couple million dollars startup capital which allowed him to sit there and go do paypal which has resulted in him getting enough money to go do other companies right sure enough most of us don't have intergenerational wealth like that to get us started so those of us who could probably produce something of value yeah, most uh, of us are going to make it maybe as far as a PayPal. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe, maybe, but realistically, like, PayPal probably... He would not have been involved in PayPal if he didn't have a family that had a, an emerald mine funding him to the tune of, like, $2 million. Very probably. Right, right. so, so like, my wages <laughs> over the next 20 years... I, I have 40 years of working life ahead of me. Over the next 20 years, my current wages is going to be about the same as what he had, you know, just kind of starting off. And so so he had time to burn on projects like PayPal. There's half a dozen different things that uh, I come up with that could probably make money. Maybe not a lot of money. Some of them make more than others. PayPal is, is digital stuff. What You know, he was he was in the right position with the right amount of funding at the right time. Oh, yeah. Right uh, place, to, right to, time, right idea. Yeah. Right. He so so like I I'm not begrudging him by any means. I, I by no means am I saying that that he you know his success is undeserved because cause that should not be the takeaway here. Um, but at the same time, it, it it's one of those things where if you if you happen to start off with that level of money available to you, you can make those kinds of risky moves, which allow you to capitalize on you know. On on events that some of us don't have the ability to do, uh, 
I don't have an issue with most of Elon Musk's. Or I, I, I only the only things that I think he's done is is Twitter and SpaceX. He's done that very, very well. I don't think the rest of the stuff is is particularly great, and I'd be with Thunderfoot on most of it. SpaceX is only useful because he basically humiliated the United States government in its endeavors in terms of putting things into orbit. Oh, man. And highlighted. For fucking mockery of it. He, he really did. Like, he humiliated the United States government in its... Uh, and, and, by the way, when we start talking about it, like, the U.S. government got him to the point where he could do what he, he is doing. Like, this is this is not a... A, this is a perfect example of vision being very, very important early on, but at the same time, this this cultural uh, perpetuation of of kind of like how we've always done it is a problem. Oh yeah. Um. So That's so he basically it, it really is. You do, he you switched need, uh, back need, uh, almost uh, to an Apollo rocket model of of launch vehicles with a slight iteration that he. He he can recapture the launch package. It's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, what what is it they say? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. It, well, so so you actually look at it. He is uh, uh, SpaceX is using the original Apollo technology with an alternative. Well, to, you could just uh, say it's been iterated on, really. I, I guess so, yeah. It, it, it's different than the space shuttle. And I I actually don't know. So, like, the space shuttle is kind of unique, right? So The, the space, space shuttle, shuttle is was, awesome, but it's a tool and a purpose-built it, tool. It was des- the space shuttles were designed to launch, get into space, and have the ability to land altogether. And yeah. I think if you actually take a look at your SpaceX stuff and your SpaceX launches, SpaceX is not designed to land uh, on a targeted thing. It is designed for re-entry. It is essentially a a, a different iteration on the Apollo missions, which yeah. was the initial launch that mankind did to space. And typically when you talk about the initial technologies that get us to where we want to go, those initial technologies get us to where we want to go on a how do we do this for the lowest cost uh, aspect? Are are the and that's 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 actually where the government does a very good job. And the space shuttle was designed to be this repeatable thing that kind of like half-assed did it. And all he did was say, "Hey, we're going to sit there and recoup all of the parts of the launch." Um, whereas you look at the uh, the shuttle program, the shuttle program, I think they only recovered. Uh, so the shuttle program was the shuttle plus the fuel tank, plus two booster rockets. Yeah, and all we got back was a shuttle, basically. And what we, we recoup, uh, I think we recoup the booster rockets, but the fuel tank would go, and then we'd only recover part of the booster rockets. Right. So, so like, it was... And it wasn't, that's it, not, they weren't designed for that purpose. It's like, oh, shit, we got lucky this time, right? guys. So, so Musk comes in and says, "Hey, we're gonna throw a little bit more fuel in these rockets, and and we're gonna put an AI program in that allows them to land on a target vessel, <laughs> right? And that that saves him an entire rocket cost every time he launches, right? Which which is not, it, it's not nothing, 
right? It, it, it's but it's something the U.S. government had previously written off. But beyond that, he he is literally like his his stuff is a multi-stage rocket. He is going back to the original Apollo designs from the 1960s. He's just saying that, hey, we're going to use technology to allow us to recapture those rockets. So he's taking the advantages of what was at the time the cheapest available means of launching shit into space and adding a little bit of modern technology to land it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's well, like I said, it's he's iterated on that initial technology and it's a couple generations later. Yep. And just yep. didn't pursue the other branch that uh, the U.S. government had. And to be fair, they actually were looking at a single-stage-to-orbit uh, shell-type program, but they just... Well, we know what happened. All the money that NASA was getting got withdrawn and put into a, the diversity fire. <laughs> yeah. And well, so the diversity fire has been well-fed for quite some time. But now that private it, money it, is it back has. into making humans better, you know... There you go. We're actually seeing humans become a little bit better. Oh, we're having to fight back against uh, that giant fucking diversity fire that's been fed with international monies for a very long time. But, you know, we're, we're fighting the fire. And, you know what, that's probably a pretty pretty solid uh, cutoff point. Unless you got anything else you want to go over. Nope. I am, uh, I am happily as drunk as I want to be. And I am... Uh... Sounds comfy. Happy, happy to, to chill the fuck out. All right, then. That sounds like a pretty good stopping point. So you can find my man Steve here at Ratman720. I'm Evan, and you can find me everywhere at that fake guy Dan. As always, if you, uh, you should like, subscribe, comment, and all that good stuff. But beyond that, if you want to support whatever you're watching this on, there's going to be a support thing below. And uh, I want to pay these guys. Help me pay these guys. Come on. All right, anyway, we'll see you soon. Be good, peoples. Be safe in this crazy-ass world.